Hey, hey, welcome to the Phil Drysdale Show. This week, we've got my friend David Schlachter from South Africa, who's been deconstructing over the last few years. And I thought it'd be great to have a conversation with him and just hear how he's been doing in that process and um, and maybe pick up some tips, some uh, some insights that we might get from his journey, find out what's worked for him, what hasn't worked. Um, and yeah, just kind of normalize this process. I think it's really important that we hear more and more um, of people's stories of how they're going through a process of deconstruction, both for those that are going through it themselves to feel part of something, to feel that they're not the only one, but also for people that don't understand to humanize the process and, and make them realize that this is a, a very real reality for a lot of people that uh, they're having to walk through. And um, yeah, I think this is going to be really great. And so let's dive in and see what David has to say. You are someone that I've um, been friends with now for couple of years we tracked with each other and um connected uh, i love the way you think i love the way that you've handled your deconstruction which has been complex and hard like most people's deconstruction um yeah i, I was about to say about this that. is easy um no no you've definitely it's not easy well i don't know maybe someone's is but certainly no one i've yeah. met yet um and so yeah do you want to give give everyone a kind of introduction to who you are and whatever you think is uh information that they might like. Yeah, I think everyone struggles with this because you you know we we all don't want to be in boxes but I feel like this is I'm just about to put myself in a box. Hi yeah, I'm could David. Could you box I'm... yourself in for a little bit please yeah. <laughs> um, well I think yeah let me like kind of tell what I would want to represent myself. I think to get to know me better is the first thing I don't know why is this a dating app or not? <laughs> <laughs> you are single right now yes? Yeah, yeah. There you um, go. It can be a dating app as well. <laughs> tell me who's listening, first of all. <laughs> like, I'm a pizza over pasta person. Um, but, yeah, no, my name's David. Um, I am 31, and um, I'm born and bred in South Africa. Um, and, yeah, I've, I've done a few things in my life. I've gone from, uh, I grew up, I suppose, relevant things to the chats. Grew up in the church, charismatic church. Um, kind of parents from different parts. Like, I'm going to try. I've like made a mental decision to try not like identify people in like while we're speaking. Sure. Because it's really not my aim to like attack or, you no. know what I mean? Like, this I is am. not the purpose of this. But anyway, for the for this conversation, my mom came from like a very actually like, I think way worse than I, she made out to be. Although she was quite upfront about it, but almost like witchcraft, like kind oh, wow. of that that kind of wing of things of very very anti-christ and came to know god and it was like the instantaneous like giving your life to jesus and like the whole stop the smoking and and like then went um i think tried to do the charismatic thing but struggled with the law because she started like when she moved when she did the switch over she went into very law-based and like right knew better but like was still fun and i think because she didn't want to go back to where she was she was very set in like mm. i have to i can't look left like all right like um, right so but but charismatic but kind of like very law and then my dad as far as when i met him i mean he also though was in the army and wasn't christian i think grew up in a catholic his, his environment was more catholic um but child gave his life to the lord and in my upbringing they were both christian so mm. charismatic christian and yeah and then most of my dad was like um, my life growing up my dad was like a second pastor but also a businessman and then like early teen years he became a pastor he kind of took over like a church that was kind of left by a, a 
main past it to go to another opportunity. And he felt called to kind of take, and it was generally the elderly and the poor kind of right. like left okay. in, a, in a local, in my local city in Durban. And yeah, most of my, my teenage years uh, were pretty much that pastor's kid. Um, yeah. What was your, so, how did you feel about that? Like being a pastor's kid? Cause I'm a pastor's kid as well. And I know I had a whole range of emotions and most of them were probably negative if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, but like, it's a very emotional thing being, there's not a choice involved with like a lot of the kids at youth group, maybe they come with their parents, but a lot of them actually do get, you know, attracted by the other kids and they go there and they get yeah. saved and whatever. Like yeah. we didn't have that choice, you know, like it was like, all right, yeah. Sunday, we're going to work with dad, you know? <laughs> Um, I think I struggled with, um, I remember thinking, so I guess growing up, I never had the pastor's kid kind of like, like, you know, whatever you want to call it, kind of name behind me, because my dad wasn't, we were just, but we were very involved in right. church. But then when it kind of did the switch over, but like you say, I mean, I'd grown up in church it was such a second nature thing. Mm. I remember very quickly realizing, like, I think there were a few thoughts that started going on through my head. And one of them was I was so envious of like these people that would come to know the Lord or like atheists that like became Christians, you know, right. I think that was my earliest thoughts were like, I want, like, when did I start? When did I choose this? You know? Yeah. And, and it's like real for me, but is it? And then I, I always mm. just remember being like, I, I so wish I could like go back and, you know, trying not to obviously wish a different life. You never, you never know what you're going to wish for, but <laughs> being like, I wish I could know what it's like to not cognitively know I'm Christian. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then have that moment, you know, the ah yeah. moment of like, you know, you've given your life to the Lord and you're a new creation and that's it. You, you're done. You're brand new. Yeah. Never, you never make any of those decisions again. And, you know, um, it's really hard, like not having those, I think, I, I don't know if it has to be hard. I, I know that probably there's plenty of Christians out there that are like, what are you even talking about? But, um, but I found that as well, like where I'm like, I could probably identify like a hundred times where I was like, okay, I'm going to like, yeah, I want to make sure this is it. I really am sure I'm, I'm saved or you know, maybe inserting or maybe like I'm covering my bases, but to go yeah. back far enough to be like, oh, that's when I made a decision. And before that I wasn't really in. I don't know if there was ever a moment being brought up in a Christian home, my mom telling me about Jesus, like as a two-year-old probably, you know, having like very yeah. stunted conversations, whatever conversations you have as a two-year-old about God. Yeah. Um, but like that was always there. And then you have this culture where there's always someone on the stage going, oh, I used to be um, a crack addict, drug dealer, <laughs> uh, prostitute, like all the things that the church would be like, whoa, this is a bad person or whatever, right? <laughs> and I think we would demonize. And then, uh, and then... God came in my room and I got saved and there was a fireworks show and all the angels were there. Not quite, you know, but yeah. like, that's how it, you, you would look onto that and go, I wish I had that kind of story or like, you know, it'd be like, Oh, I used to be a top hitman for the mafia. And then yeah. I got saved and everything got changed. And you're like, why wasn't I a hitman for the mafia? Yeah. You know, like I'm just yeah. some guy that grew up in church. Uh, it's, yeah. it's really hard when that is promoted so much as like, Oh wow. Look at this transformation. And you go, I don't feel like I've had a transformation. I kind of feel like I've just been like kind of plodding along. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really kind of weird just like, thing. Yeah. It's very strange. And I think, you know, to think of like things that are conditioned, I mean, it's not to say it's right or wrong, you know, like your whole thing is, is like hmm. we, your whole thing and everyone, your podcasts have been very, very, very uh, entertaining and informative. Um, 
you know, I'm feeling a bit of pressure to try and add to some of the <laughs> conversation. Everyone on the podcast been has been themselves, so you just be yourself. I mean, I'm writing no books or doing PhDs in the New Testament. That's all I'm saying. Well, um, do you know what? Our, our, the most um, talked about podcast in the last like two months since I've really started gearing this up has been um, my friend Jordan. I don't know if you listened to yeah. that one. Who's just a guy it's, who makes ice oh, cream the, in the Canada with his wife. Yeah, yeah. And all like, you know, he's not a PhD candidate. He isn't an expert yeah. in deconstruction. He's not a theologian. And everyone's like, that's our favorite one. We we want to hear from more regular people. We want to hear from some guy in South Africa that's a yeah. paramedic, you know, like we want to yeah. hear, like, you know, we want to hear yeah, you know, from from people that are just doing this life and going through this yeah. process, not like, you yeah. know, dedicating their whole life to write a book about it or yeah. Um, and so I, I think, honestly, I think I people think are excited to hear that and I want to hear that that's why I love hearing I, I love talking to normal people um, yeah because I think there is an element very important. Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely so you're doing great and and you will be great I'm sure uh, people want to hear this if people want to know what <laughs> and what you David have experienced yeah. and gone through like there's no yeah. requirement for it to be anything other than what it is so, yeah, yeah you're great. it's so exciting to see these people come on you know I think I think why I, I mean, I, I actually enjoyed all of them. I have to be honest, you know, mm. I mean, I'm not trying to just be the pleaser kind of answer. I've really enjoyed all of them because I think I will always identify with someone who's like more run of the mill kind of person, but like, like me. <laughs> so it's not a bad thing. I'm not trying to put it down, but I so appreciate now from my upbringing of being very much like what I feel. And I'm a feely type of person. Mm. Like I'm an empath, but like I've now, like I've studied, not to say that that makes someone academic, but like, I, I now respect science and like what your research does and what mm. academic studies does and like research papers. And I, I, I respect and identify and love the scientific side of life so much now that that's why I kind of like both is like yeah, yeah. to see people. Cause I know, I, I think the more academic and the more, you know, the like, this is what I think should happen. What I've been taught in my like studies is like, the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know, mm. you know, and I feel like people get stuck if they don't go out there and research or something, they stay in the hole, like they don't know how much they know. So they just stay with like, well, this is the reality. This is, yeah. this is the truth, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry. I don't even know what your question was. No, it's good. Um, I can't even remember. We were kind of already like detouring off of something, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, we, we were talking, I can't remember. We were talking about, I remember, I remember. Yeah. Bring us back. Say, we were talking about upbringing with like Christianity and like, mm. As cute as it was, I'll never forget, like, I saw a video of, like, you know that it's my mom and I's favorite kind of, I don't know what to say, but it's one of our favorite things is, like, the South Baptist churches, like, with the hankies and the, like, just love that. I've just always loved the, the, that whole concept. I love I love the wailing and the, like, I, you know, I, I would say I'm only part Caucasian in, in that aspect, but um I'll never forget seeing this little one-year-old or two-year-old baby, like toddler, like not even walking yet, doing this like uh, praying in tongues, like very, very dramatically, mm. you know, like, but this baby doesn't know what she's doing, yeah. but she's doing the finger and she's blabbling and you can hear the tone of the voice, you know, mm. it is so cute, but I can't help but now with my mindset and just everything that's changed, I can't help but look at that and go, wow. Like yeah. it is ingrained, in, it is ingrained yeah. and so young. And also it's to say like, it's not to say that it's not real eventually or whatever, or in that moment, maybe she is, but the whole thing of like, 
the fact that religion is ultimately, if people want to argue it or not, like that is conditioning. Like that's mm. fully, there's no understanding at that age of what she's necessarily doing. You know? um, and yeah, I just, I just find it, this whole thing, just everything yeah. that has been spoken about really, really interesting. Yeah. Does that scare you a little? Like having grown up in that church, like, cause I, I wonder as well, my parents, my mom always taught me like, you know, question things, people of authority, if they tell you something, you know, question it, think about it, try and rationalize it. So I, I, I'm really thankful for that. And I'm really aware that my parents tried to push so you against your mom told you that. My mom would tell me that. Yeah. Growing up, wow. she would say like, question things like think for yourself, you know, I'm not going to expect you to like believe everything that everyone else wow. like, tells you to believe. Um, and yeah, I'm still like, it's how, how much was I just indoctrinated? It's not even intentionally, right? I don't even think we're intentionally trying to brainwash anyone into, I mean, to be honest with you, right? If you think about the more extreme versions of uh, uh, Christianity, if people actually thought we could do that, they would do it, right? They would be really intentional about brainwashing kids. They'd be like doing brainwash school after school, you know, so that I they could make sure you were a Christian talking. and got saved. Um, right, exactly. So, um, so I don't think it's like done out of a mean heart or, or a, a, a twisted heart or anything like that, but mm. I, I am like, oh, how much of like the way I think, the way I think about God, even the concepts I have and the metaphors I use and language I use, it's all because I grew up in this world where this was the box I got to play in as I grew up, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, does that ever like mess with your head a bit? Like, Yeah, definitely, <laughs> all, all the time, to the point where like, I go through stages, you know, once again, listening to everyone, it's like, I go through stages where I think about so many things and I'm always thinking like about so many things. And then all of a sudden, like, just for like, however long, I just like, I don't want to think anymore because a part of me goes like, who, like, it's that whole thing of like, who am I? Like, mm. what have I, what have I had a choice to actually be bar the fact of my like genetic makeup? which is like, was just set standard, couldn't be conditioned. That probably could as well have been conditioned by whether my mom drank wine with me, you know what I mean? It's sure. like, um, but yeah, no, it definitely messes with my head of like, mm. even my ability to question what I believe, like, was that condition? You know, everything mm. that has formed my neural pathways, like, has, has, all of it has been somehow conditioned to, I'm like, even when I feel like I'm, De deconstructing am i am i deconstructing you know um definitely messes with my head yeah and i see that i, I mean I, i'm sure you said so you're one of my partners i hope you don't mind me uh outing you in that way but so you're in one of a small facebook group we have of, of people that yeah. support me in some way shape or form and uh and there's a big range of people i'm sure you hit, you've noticed this right there's it's a quite a broad spectrum of different people that are quote-unquote deconstructing yeah. but i'm always fascinated by like whoa this looks really different for different people and how um what people consider to be a deconstruction right so yeah. if you are in a certain world and you just question one thing if that's a big enough thing for you that can feel like a complete deconstruction of everything you've ever known but for yeah. someone just like you know a few blocks away is like to question that it's like oh that's I wouldn't even shake my face, you know, it's just eh, one idea, you know, and it's such a, a wild thing. So how did you go from, so you're in your pastor's, your, your, your pastor, your dad's a pastor, you're in his church, you grew up in church. So that transition to your dad being a pastor wasn't that weird because you're already in church. You're already in that world a little bit. Um, and he's doing a lot of stuff with like, kind of like the poor, impoverished people yeah. within Durban. It's yeah. quite, a, you know, smaller church. 
relatively? Yeah, definitely smaller church. I would say members wise, like maybe, maybe 200, but like okay. generally maybe 70 or so people, I would say roughly weekend, weekend. Uh, per service kind of thing. Sure. Um, I feel like I, you're kind of wanting to know like how did so, I yeah, where did Where does it go wrong, dude? What, what, I mean, yeah. Well, so well, so far, you know, you're on the fast track um, to heaven here. You know, you're, you're going to well, be like nepotistically picked as the next pastor. Come on. <laughs> yeah okay i'm joking okay, i say I that knowing you... nothing about the structure of the church you know I, I, i'm joking yeah, no but you know you, you joke that is i think all the cliche jokes that people say unfortunately are always true which is why they're cliche <laughs> you know um so i would say like just kind of thinking off the bat with what you've been asking um there's many things that started triggering kind of these thought processes or and I think just generally, I, I think it's my characteristic is a bit empathetic. So like, I think that made me start at a young age to put myself out of my shoes, whether it was going to start this deconstruction. Like, And I think the first thing where I noticed something wasn't right was like my dad was in business and stuff. And due to economy and decisions that were happening in the business side, decided to kind of veer off that, saw this as an opportunity, but by no means a financial opportunity, mm. something to follow his heart. And he took it and it was about, I'd say roughly eight years that he was a pastor for this church, like purely financially, not spiritually and emotionally and mentally, which I think were good things, financially completely drained him. Like he yeah, poured so that... much money into this church and there was like one or two like wealthy kind of people in the church that helped a bit extra every month, whatever. But like, I think to see my dad um, who just really gave his all to this church, you know, and to see him kind of never be rewarded for mm. it, like just really messed with my mind of like these, not to say that, he, you know, I guess the ideal in the charismatic is, was to become a sort of mega church, you know, and, and have the, the stage, like, oh, yeah. you've got a stage now. Did you guys get the, like, the soundboard? Which one, you know? Um, because there were those churches around us that I would yeah. go to their youth groups, like my friends or whatever, they right. would have a youth group at one of the bigger churches, you know? So like I knew all of that, um, but I think that was where one of the things started was just seeing my dad, like not getting that break of like mm. financial support, you know, and seeing him and also feeling it at home, you know, seeing yeah. the financial strain. So I think that was definitely one of the first things. So I was just like, hang on, like, you know, and then it was this whole thing that I rappelled in my mind of like, well, he's going to have lots of mansions in heaven. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny that because my dad was, this, you know, this is why um, people often think I'm like beating up on the church and hate the church or whatever. I really don't. I love the church. And like, my dad's a great example of like a pastor with like, he spent his entire life in people's homes, loving them, caring for them, doing everything he could. And we literally were like the poorest of the poor. Like we were in poor community and we were poorer than them. You know, like, like, because the, the, they there was not even a salary for my dad. You know, he had to live off government benefits because the church wasn't able to even give him money. Um, wow. And yet, you know, like, so growing up as a kid, I I was like, ah, it's just a typical kid. I want a PlayStation. I wanted like you know stuff. So I'm like, oh, screw this church stuff. Like you don't even make any money. Like no one cares. Yeah. My dad goes. My dad doesn't even spend time with me. He probably spent plenty of time with me, but it's all subjective, isn't it? And you're like, my dad yeah. is even going to my football game. He's too busy. Like 
pastoring that couple and they're not giving him any money they don't, they don't care they're not paying his salary or you know like or people that would people would walk through our literally my mom used to share this story where there was this guy so we were on the high street right next to the church and like there was like another street behind the church in our house and stuff that people would often want to get to um but you had to kind of go all the way around the block to get around there and there was this guy in our church it was a really small church only 20 30 people he would literally open our front door go through the house out the back door to go out the back garden into the other street and he'd be like it's my house i pay for it because he tithed or whatever he gave i don't know what he gave obviously again it wasn't that much but and i'm just like whoa so like whoa. you know there's a you lot remember of that. Like you remember I, I, that. I remember that i don't remember much of my child but i remember that story because i'm like that yeah. is the funniest shit ever um, it's amazing but, what stands out i know but you look at that kind of stuff and you think my dad was what's all over and he kept giving like he really cared and so i'm always trying to remember like there's people like your dad who's like i'm gonna give up like this successful business i'm doing well i'm enjoying myself like but i feel a call to love these people and help these people like it's not all the the mega church pastors with 23 rolls rose royces and a private jet like yeah we can all demonize certain aspects that we don't like but there's a lot of really great people out there um but even when you see that these awesome people doing like you seeing your dad doing this amazing stuff it's still something's not right even in the way that the system is not there to reward so it's rewarding all those people with the roll royces and the private jets right yeah but it's not rewarding my dad huh yeah what's that about yeah yeah. You know? it's, it's just fascinating. Sorry, keep going. I just, I thought it was an interesting thing. No. It's kind of sparked some memories. Yeah, no, please. I, I don't really think about that as well. Um, but yeah. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people, I'm, I'm, once again, this is a complete assumption, but like, I really want you to like, please, I mean, it's your podcast, but like, please <laughs> about yourself and stuff as well. Because like, I think a lot of us, like when I'm listening to the podcasts, I'm like, I want to know, like, often I'm like, oh, I'm glad he's speaking here because actually we don't know, like, in a, in a lot of cases, like, we don't know a lot about your upbringing and stuff, you know, so. Yeah, no, no, it's good. I, I, there's no need to encourage me to talk, that's for sure. I, I'll talk play. <laughs> yeah, but that's also true. <laughs> but likewise, yeah, awesome. so I think we need to monitor the two. <laughs> there we go. We'll, we'll hopefully cancel each other out. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so that caused you to start, like, kind of questioning more the kind of system of it a bit or or what was that that you were questioning there like how people responded the, the people off church or yeah i think it played on my whole idea of the giving and receiving like very core things it started touching on this core idea and how i think it's obviously it's difficult now with this what i know now to go back to you know 13 14 year old mm. david but um very difficult in fact to go back but um i think it just it started playing on core ideas and kind of how like the answers was like eternity like eternity or heaven will sort it all out so like there was there was no real i was never encouraged to question or or think like i must say like people in charge or whoever I came into, it was very much like, this is it. That's the answer, mm. you know? And if you ask something, that's the answer and that's it, you know? Oh, okay, cool. And you kind of go on, you know, with your life. Um, but yeah, you know, I would say, I would say the core things of like, just, hmm, like just, just observing it. And I'd say like, that started ticking the whole thing as of like, well, everything's not as it is, you know, mm. like my dad is, my dad is sewing more than anyone else. And now that I look back, like 
I realized, and it's it's such a it's such a touchy subject because if you don't see church as a part business, I think, and people don't want to see it as that. You know, people are so like, well, no, it's not. of course. But to be honest, I I think it was by the fact that it was a poorer community. Like my dad didn't manipulate people, and mm. and I say manipulate, and not that all manipulation is bad, because I feel like yeah. for for intentionally. Yeah, yeah. I think for a church to grow, it's a game that I think a lot, or once again, I don't want to like do blanket statements, but like, it's a game that kind of, I feel like pastors have to get good at. It's like, we don't want to, they, I feel like a lot of them maybe don't want to manipulate and they don't want to put pressure or force someone to, but they need it. So it's yeah. like, how do I kind of put it out there that I'm not asking or manipulating it, but make sure they get the message, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's such a fine line and my dad didn't play that game at all. So mm, wow. he just didn't play that game. And I think that ultimately that, that really messed things up for him because it was the odd yeah. one or two people, you know, that helped. Um, so, yeah, I would say that that was like kind of the younger, younger days that started messing with my deconstruction. Um, and then what happened more than that? I think in my youth groups, um something also that that kind of played on me was the whole the substandard like give yourself like if you say the name of Jesus and you know that the prayer that we told and then you're a believer you know mm. that also started playing on my mind very young once again would never question any of these you know but I just was like wow you know I the, the age-old saying that I heard growing up was like well at least they gave their life to Jesus you know and like on their deathbed you know mm. and I was just like like I just really struggled with that, you know, like this whole idea of like when someone is in their dying stage, reaching out for something other than the dirt, like yeah. is probably going to be something they're going to cling to. If you at the handing them like a, a yeah. hand, you know, being like, yeah. this is Jesus or nothing. <laughs> and they like about to die. You know, I'm like, is that, is that real? Is that like, is that not desperation? Mm. Um, and then obviously the whole concept of like, which came up with like, with like Oprah and all these people that were good people are seemingly to the, I don't know, the right. world, but seemingly to, you know, all these people that aren't, you know, Christian, like then the whole conversation was like, yeah, but they're good people. And so then they're just going to die and go to hell, you know, but on the dying bed, if they just give their life to the Lord, you know, and then I just started thinking of all these things. I'm like, well, what if, what about the person that lives as a Christian uh, their whole lives and did the belief prayer and then a lot of people say once you've done it you're fine no matter what yeah. happens like the lord's got <laughs> your back you know but yeah. what if they do the one dreaded thing and they denounce them whatever they can do to undo this now oath or pact what if on their dying bed they decide that's not what they want like is that then mm -hmm. overs for them you know someone who's a murderer their whole life and then at the last minute like saved by the bell i just i really struggled with all those concepts and i still yeah. do um yeah yeah that's, that's tough isn't it because that's it's already it's this is one of the things that i, I think in a sense we kind of get right in that like it's such an unjust uh, thing based on our kind of very human concepts of justice of people getting what they deserve of like if they're bad people they should have some sort of like punishment prison 
you know, a whipping or whatever, you know, what different cultures, different, you know, yeah. concepts, you know, some people will cut your hand off if you steal, you know, I mean, there's different cultures. Uh, I'm glad yeah. I don't live in that one because I was still a sweep from the shop when I was a kid, you know, I, yeah. I like both hands. I'm glad yeah. it wasn't my option. Yeah. Um, and it's still happening. And it still happens. It, it really is like, it's, it's, it's wild that the spectrum that exists still, um, it, has, it maybe has shrunk in some ways, or at least it, it's gravitated towards some um, slight, what we would consider maybe slightly more civil. But on, on some level, the concept that well, at least they'll be punished in hell, at least, you know, so even because that's the thing in the Bible, isn't it? All the way through, it's like this thing of like, how come the wicked get away with all this stuff and then the good people live this crappy life? God's, <laughs> what the hell, right? And then like the natural response for mankind is to go, huh, hell right so we we, yeah. we we go oh well what happens is after they die then they'll be punished and we kind of suddenly yeah. go okay that feels better and then and on the counter it's like at least there's heaven at or, least there's heaven right you did the right thing your dad did the right thing his entire life so even though he has very little to show for it he's got his mansions in heaven dude he's yeah. gonna have mansions for days he can sleep in a yeah. different mansion every day um yeah but it's it's interesting that it's it's a helpful thing i think it's, it's just because engaging with that like it just isn't a particularly fair system that someone can go like that and come from one to the other like and that is kind of what the point of a lot of what jesus is showing right is he's showing hey is there a, a system that is unfair to us but actually on a more deep and meaningful level it's the fairest response possible which is to try and heal people to try and change people to try and yeah and, and so it's fascinating that like even in the midst of a system that probably had no interest in um in that as a systemic system of like let's change our world to make it more of a restorative justice oriented world most of the church is not there yet and and that's that's okay that's where they're at but yeah they're 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 still tasting of this and and yet it it kind of it pokes at them right it's, it's probably one of the few things that you're like that's not fair it's not fair that the murderer gets to go to heaven I, I, like what like i can go into school shoot everyone and then before i turn the gun on myself say oh by yeah. the way god i'm really sorry i accept jesus into my heart yeah. bang you know like yeah. and what? like i'm like i can't get my head around how that guy gets to go to heaven then like yeah. what where's his punishment for the you know whatever meant dead yeah. kids or whatever else they've done you know like it's a really it just just messes with our heads the whole concept yeah. and yet that's it's almost like we've tried to escape the notion of restorative justice and we've kept it in this one tiny area and it's a, a grain of sand you know it's just it's like just bugging yeah. us little by little i really i'm, I'm fascinated by it um, yeah and i think i think just to attach to that is also like the whole thing what makes it worse then is like as much as this guy can then shoot everyone and then kill himself and go to heaven if he just says the prayer it's like what makes it even worse is someone who's kind and does nothing yeah well then Jesus. it's like not that they aren't rewarded or not they go to hell you know now yeah. burns like all i have of hell my whole <sighs> life even now is just what has been taught to me and is literally just, and I'm sure people must just all have that as well, is literally like lake of fire, mm. burning forever, but you never die. And obviously the, the whole the whole thirst that plays in my head is the whole like he's asking for to come up and I don't know who it was, yeah. forgive me, I'm bad with names, but who was it that asked for to come up and tell how people how bad it was and if he could just have a drop of- Oh, the whole story of Lazarus and the rich man, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm making. I don't know if the rich man had a name. Of it was just the rich man and Lazarus. Yeah, because Lazarus was the beggar at his gate. But I don't, I don't know. Maybe I've got that wrong as well. Yeah, sorry, but anyway, in my head, once again, it's 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 something I've tended to not go back and proof or not. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I just have such limited things of hell. But basically, just lake of fire, burning stuff like you, it never ends, uh, and then all the bad things that would come along with it, you know. And then I remember trying to like. I remember trying to justify in my head if I could make hell okay. <laughs> and I remember being like, okay, I'll be burning forever. But what if I, like, maybe we'll have friends. Like, maybe we'd be able to still be with other people burning together. Like, literally, these thoughts went through my head. <laughs> How can I make hell just more enjoyable? <laughs> and I was like, oh. You know, the, the craziest thoughts of like, how would I get through hell? You know, it's okay. Like, because I'm kind of like, I'm very adaptable. Like, you know, all those tests, like I love any self-help, personality, whatever you want, you know, like I even get sucked into the Facebook, like, what dog are you, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just love all those kinds of things, you know? Um, and yeah, so. There's a Facebook just, test for like, what guy in hell are you? And it's like, I'm the guy that's, you know, I'm getting on. It's all right. It's not fun. Yeah. I'm not enjoying hell, but yeah. I'm, I'm surviving yeah. hell. <laughs> yeah, I love those memes. I'm like, I'm one of those people that will literally I'll be studying something or like reading something really like academic, you know, and then it's like those memes where then five minutes later you're deciding what kind of meat you are. You know, you're doing a questionnaire on whether you pork, beef, or chicken, you know. Yes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we digress. Um, but yeah, so. I would say, I mean, yeah, I think it was just just the whole idea of, I think I was talking about how, yeah, hell and heaven kind of being yeah, like, so I mean, it's like, well, what is earth about? What is earth about then? If it's mm. like heaven, like Christian people are eventually going to get to heaven if you like it. And then bad people or people who don't say the prayer are going to go to hell for eternity. Like, what is, then what are we doing? Kind of yeah. thing is, and then it was just about, then it's about, the whole idea of earth is to your calling anyone's calling is to get people to say the prayer you know yeah um and we'll hide it in amongst that you must still live your life and obviously like it's you know you must love whatever but ultimately there's this underlying burning like you doing great if you're in a shopping mall and you go speak to those people and you're doing great if you're at a restaurant and you know whatever like yeah. um then you're a good christian and you're on fire for the lord you yeah. know so far, I just got, um, Till just came back from a walk with a friend and we had a letter in our uh, mailbox and uh, it was honestly one of the sweetest letters um, and uh, opened it up and it was a little like, um, like pamphlet about like how to connect to God or something that was, was lovely or whatever. And there's this like letter written by this lovely lady in our neighborhood, where, wherever she is, I don't know. And she's written her mobile number and her email address, this lovely lady called Linda. And she's like, hey, you don't know me. Um, I work in care and I'm just seeing a lot of people really struggling. Um, and I just wanted you to know I'm a Christian. I live in the local area. If you ever need someone to pray with you or talk with like my numbers here, my emails here, like, I just want you to know, like, there's a God that loves you. I love you. Feel free to reach out. I included a little book on how to talk to God. I cornered one of the pages, which is a prayer. You can say, if you want to try and do that. Wow. And, and I'm like, that is so not my world at all. Like it's just not where yeah. I'm at anymore. Um, yeah. And yet I was just like, 
that's beautiful. It's really, really a beautiful thing. And there is yeah. something. Now, I remember being that Christian. I probably wasn't that Christian. I was probably worse, to be honest. Yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't that nice, you know? Yeah. I was the person that was like, oh, God, I have to give out these leaflets. God, I feel terrible. Yeah. I don't want to do this. Like, oh, what if they think I'm stupid? You know, like at least this yeah. woman's going, no, there's a God and he loves people. And I really want people to connect with them. And, um, but like, it is this weird dynamic that like, if it's all about heaven or hell, apart from maybe some evangelizing, what's the point? Right. I mean, at the end of the day, someone could put their hand up, say the prayer and we could shoot them in the head and they go straight to heaven. Perfect. Right. I mean, why bother suffer this crap? Right. Earthquakes, yeah. hunger, COVID-19, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you know, what I mean, like, just kill them, kill them right yeah. now. Except, well, maybe they can talk to their neighbors and get them saved. So like, apart from that argument, there just seems to be very little argument for certainly most of the Christianity I was exposed to in my early years growing up. Um, there's not much argument for being around on earth. It's all very heaven hell focused. Yeah. And once you yeah. kind of made your, what, once you picked your team, you know, not that anyone yeah. picks to be on team hell, I don't think, you know, no. like, I'll go down no, forever, please. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's just really fascinating, but I'm always fascinated by those people that take it serious. You know, they, they really do. Like, I, I guess I should get serious a little bit, but not much if I'm honest. I, I yeah. wasn't that intentional about trying to get people saved or anything. Cause I just, I felt guilty about that all the time, 24 seven, yeah. but I didn't yeah. really follow through on it. It's, it's kind of why I'm, I kind of respect people at the Westboro Baptist church in a sense. I'm like, yeah. dude, you guys are insane, but yeah, man, you believe it. Right. I mean, yeah. you really believe it. Um, yeah. I think, I think I've always, I've always felt that way as well. Like um, having respect for anyone like really to who goes to the depths of something whether I agree with it or not I'm like mm. well even if I was in that mind frame I wasn't doing that to that you know and yeah you have to somehow respect it you know um but yeah I mean sorry I don't know I've lost my train of thought no so I probably derailed you a little bit but so you're you're now in your yeah. kind of teen years you're going to some of these other churches yeah you're starting to look at some of this stuff about heaven how I'm going this is bit unfair like it's a bit yeah so arbitrary swiveling around this one prayer or yeah so I think that was always there and that that stayed there because I think once again I think there's so many aspects to it but I think also the bible as well like the bible was given to me and like I, I feel so stupid in my thought processes with like my religion and like I hate that word but my my religion and sure. my kind of journey on that because I feel stupid in the sense of like, I never, I, I'll, I'll never forget being in like, I think it was high school when like, I only really started noticing like when my dad would preach or someone else, they started bringing in the word, the actual meaning of the Hebrew or the Greek or, you know, and they would be like, they would then do a little bit of a sermon on the one word and that in its original form, I never, I never even, it never crossed my mind most of my childhood I think even into my teen years that I even thought of that it was in a different language and that like right. I would say almost that it didn't come in this white book like I had never I knew we could print different ones and you could get one with a leopard on and I could get one but like I just had never that I'm embarrassed or you know there's nothing I could have done about it I guess it is what it is it's just an innocence right it's just not and thinking of anything being a different than it was now that I look back, it's, it scares me that I'm just like, 
I'm someone who loves knowledge now, but I never at all questioned that, you know? Mm. Um, so I think that was also something that started popping on my head. And it was like, and it was like a big thing. Like when they made, they went into the original text and we brought out this word and this is what it actually means, you know, but I'm like, but hang on a whole life. We've been like, Bible bashing people with this English white and black textbook, you know, and I'm like, well, what is it? Like, you mm. know, and then it's just so many things fascinate me. I just think there's so many contradictions in Christianity and so many things in life that I feel like if I, once again, it's a respect thing. If you can hang on to what you hang on with everything, all this information now, and all these definitely in your face contradicting things. Like I, it always fascinated me how the message came out and all these different versions of the Bible came out. And like, you are using it as much as your original Bible. Like you would sometimes do a whole preach on one of these like new Bible interpretations. Mm. And it would, I would just be like, well, let me come up with an interpretation and somehow get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe then that can be used, you know? So, but all of, all of these things kind of happening, I think there was, there was so much that, that started getting the brain swirling, but I mean, to kind of get the elephant out the room, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't think anyone who like has this part of them wants it to be a defining feature, but I think definitely the, the biggest thing that has been the core con deconstruction for me is like my struggle in the Christian sense with my sexuality. Right. Without it. Um, that's been the underpinning of, if that's a word, underpinning, is that the right context? Yeah. 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 I'll take it. Um, of my core deconstruction. And I would say like, not necessarily the core deconstruction, but the core overflowing effects of my deconstruction to not stop somewhere. So like, right. I think had I wrapped my head around the Bible or wrapped my head around my dad not making money, or, you know, these kind of simple things, had I wrapped, it could have been like a full stop. Yeah. But I think me struggling with my sexuality kind of opened up the door to any minority group, anyone mm. that like doesn't want to be something or doesn't want to, you know, and it has kept this like outpouring, like, which will never stop this. Like, I feel like this river, this dam, dam wall that's broken mm. of like, I will wait. I'll have a lot more time and space to try and understand anyone and love them where they at. Then try and find something to not, you know, just because of that, that simple, mm. simple thing that's happened in my life. And I, and I guess because of that, I don't regret it. I hate to say that, but um, I'm glad, I'm glad of my life journey um, because I love more people for it. Yeah. How did, how does, so we don't have to like fixate on the, the sexuality part if you're not particularly no, geez, uh, bothered no, by can. going into it, but, but I'm fascinated. So, because you're dealing with this, you're dealing with, okay, so I am not um, straight and yeah. single. So what do I do with that? Because I've got these Bible verses, I've got a culture, uh, church culture. Presumably when you're growing up at this point, South African culture as a whole was not yeah. particularly pro uh, no. non-straight people, any other no. than the kind of LGBTQ no. community. Um, yeah. So it's, it's not even, because I, I know for maybe when I grew up, um, I think we probably hadn't quite learned to be uh, as accepting and open as we could have been as like teenage kids or whatever. But generally yeah. speaking, culturally, it was like, okay, that person's gay. Well, like they've we've yeah. legalized, you know, homosexuality. It's not like you're going to, we're going to take them down to the, you know, put them in jail for it or anything. You know I mean? Like, so we, we, as a society largely gone, okay, cool. 
Um, still loads of like different homophobia, still loads of breakthroughs to still be made, you know, with like yeah, maybe uh, legalizing marriage and, and changing just narratives, right? The teenage kids are gonna be like horrible to someone that's gay in their school. Yeah. Nowadays in a British school, it's probably quite normal for people to be of a different sexuality. It's, it's, it's quite normalized in a sense. Um, yeah. And, well, it's the end times, full. What do you expect? Well, that's it, you know, and then people will have a different view on what that means. But uh, but presumably, because I do know that um, South Africa has been over the last kind of like, however long, a lot more conservative in those kind of traditional uh, Christian values, whatever language you use, whether, you know, yeah. or not, they're, they're necessarily absolutely accurate. Um, but yeah, like, so so you're not even... It's not even a thing of like, oh, if I just leave the church, this will be fine. It's it's yeah. a yeah. whole system, a whole no, world around you that you're going, what do I yeah. do in this mix? Like, yeah. that must be very, a whole nother level of problematic yeah. compared to a lot of maybe people your age that were doing that in America or in the UK or Europe. Yeah. Um, that was definitely less of an issue to some degree, still bloody hard. Like, I can't even imagine. I've only kind of talk to friends read books you know i can't even imagine like the, yeah. the hardships involved but how did that how did that then spark or flow over um into kind of the other areas of your life because I, I can totally see what you're saying with like ah, if i just come to terms with the bible and going oh yeah well it's different interpretations but ultimately it's all based on the same sort of root things and really we are all kind of agreeing okay i'm happy i'm done okay i'll stay yeah. in the church i'll stay yeah. as a christian that agrees to yeah. oh i found one church that kind of sees it the way even if you're like yeah. no there should be one bible verse and you go to the church that's king james only or you know whatever um yeah. you know you could have found somewhere that you're like oh, okay good but that feels like it was probably quite unlikely that you were going to find the church that was like yeah, yeah no cool we're lgbtq yeah. affirming well, because because the, the, i saw the scriptures i read the text mm. and like i didn't i wasn't told to to consider you know it was all very literal you know there was yeah. um Although I knew from early as well, like I, I just knew it was like, I don't want to kind of throw it away, but like kind of hogwash, you know, this whole concept of like, we'll literally burn people at the stake because we're going to take these words literal, but then like ignore most of the text or we, we, we don't ignore it. Like we'll preach about it, but like, but that's Old Testament now. So it's fine, you know? Um, mm. But yeah, I think that that was always kind of in my, in my brain about that, you know, about how, I, I identified that some things were maybe not as they seemed, but unfortunately with this, it was in text and whether yeah. I liked it. Very not, little wiggle I room. Know, I, I hadn't studied it. I hadn't looked at it. Even if I like kind of did, it was there. It's, it's somehow there that like, and also once again, nature tells you the same thing, you know, like guy and guy can't make, you know, girl and girl. Like it's very also much an obvious thing of like, you know, Adam and Eve. I mean, how do you, you can't, no matter how many scriptures you say, it's never, you know, the, the age old, you know, God and make Adam and Steve, like mm -hmm. Eve's never going to be Steve, you know? Um, and then the ark, you know, the male and the female animals all getting on. I think mm -hmm. it was you or someone shared the, there was a picture in a Christian novel of two male lions. Yes. Going on. <laughs> the two lions and the big massive uh, mane. And it's like, wow. <laughs> very, very forward thinking book. Um, <laughs> Yeah, man, it's so it's so tricky because not tricky, like so many. What I've realized is that we could have have the same viewpoints or go through the same sexuality issues or whatever. But if there's so many different nuances and I still learn today when people speak to me, I want to know more about it. You know, like how how 
you know, like, so for me, I've, I've always had, so sexuality in itself, like I was growing up very, very, very guarded and like away from it. Like my first idea of sex at all, like it was also even, I think, I think what kind of like has messed with my mind a bit or whatever is also the fact that like, I grew up very much like anti, like anti girls as well till you're like 18 or 21. Right. Like, so yeah. No, so that also conditioned me to an, to an, to an, to a sense of like I will never really know like and I think that's what a lot of Christians like I've come to the place where I'm like whether it you know that's whole nature versus nurture thing right you know yeah. and Christians love to be like okay but like what you've gone through has made you that way you know and he won't mind me mentioning this, but like my, my older brother who just really tried his best in, in, in ways to understand what I'm going through mm. and everything. Um, he, and he was the first one to kind of not ask it in a, in an incorrect way, but it, it really got me thinking, you know, he said, I don't see him a lot, but he came out to South Africa and he, one of the first questions he asked when we brought it up, even though it was, I think I told my friends and family in 2016, but he recently last year kind of said like, okay, but do you think that, the way my strict upbringing or whatever played a role in it and I was like yes I do but my whole thing is is that should that matter should that then disqualify me from mm. because I, I don't feel like it was fully nurtured like don't get me wrong I feel like there was obviously some innate nature in it but like should it matter if mm. if it's via and I think a lot of people like see it as the nurture part is that it's through something traumatic like being molested you know kind of yeah. thing but like um i feel like i can't answer him and say no it didn't because i think it did like girls were seen as almost like as much as the gay thing was just never on the table girls were seen as lust and sin mm. and that was my perspective of it and like dare not see them other than a sister till you're 18 or you know and so that ruined that whole idea of sex in general you mm. know um was completely lust and everything but I think I always did wish, once again, I never know what those people have gone through. I wish that I was like six or seven and knew, you know, I, I speak, I've spoken to so many different people's journeys, you know, and people knew at that age, young age. And I just wish I could have had that assurity to stand up early and be like, listen, this is me, you know, but I never had that. Um, also the whole like teenager talk, like very, very common in South Africa, maybe around the world, but like the, the thing is like anyone can be like, you're gay. Like if you do that, you're gay. Like uh, in, in early high school, yeah. you know, your mom's yeah. gay. Like everyone's, everything's gay. And I think I took that also, I, I took that quite mm. like, because I wasn't going out with my, in grade eight or when I'm 13, 14, kissing girls every weekend, sneaky, like on the beach or whatever, like those things, the whole idea of homosexuality only really came into my as much as I could say like 11 12 I, I I can look back and there was there was that feeling towards a guy I would say it was never sexual when the sexual things kind of sparked and my first idea of sex was pornography in matric in, mm. in first year of high school so like 13 that was my first ever talk or was watching my friend's have all this porn and I'm like oh my mom was right it's horrid you know um she she had it right all along you know um so and I was like that's not love it is lust like sex is yeah. lust you know um and but yeah I would say when the whole sex kind of thing came onto the the plate um I was like wow like I'm I don't want to 
do it with girls. I'm not attracted to girls and like, I'm not really sexually active yet to whatever, but like then people are telling me I'm gay and, but everyone's being called gay, but it's affecting me. Like in my head, I'm like, wow, yeah. maybe I like, I think I am. And then I'm like, oh, well, I felt like this actually maybe before, you know? So yeah, I would say that that's kind of like my journey and then denying it for the whole of high school and not doing anything about it, um, mm -hmm. hiding it. And, but all of this thing, just feeling guilt, build up, build up, build up, because I dare not try and do the other thing of like force myself onto a girl to try and get it away um, because that's lust. But I also can't like go into this area because I was very much stuck and kind of didn't do anything about it had the odd girlfriend that I felt attracted to and and I think that's another thing is like I have felt attraction towards girls as well so once again sexuality is just such a fluid thing that I wish mm. I was a, on that scale I wish I was just gay or straight I so wish that and um the concept that people think that anyone would choose to be isolated in a sexuality you know yeah. just baffles me yeah no, absolutely. It's, it's a fascinating. The, I, I was very ignorant of the whole topic until I really started um, studying it extensively because generally speaking, I just didn't have many gay friends. I, I hadn't been exposed to that world. But being in a very Christian bubble, I, wasn't either. The, I probably was exposed to people that were yeah. gay, that people that were bisexual or, you know, mm. whatever. Um, people that were probably um, processing, um, you know, uh, that they weren't cisgender or whatever. But they weren't doing it publicly and they weren't going to share it with yeah. me because I was probably really homophobic or, you know, transphobic or whatever, but not out of, um, uh, probably actually, yeah, out of some real explicit, uh, stuff that the Bible and the church and things I had, had kind of informed in me and my culture and my, and my upbringing. And, um, it, it's just fascinating to, to me, like, how much of a bubble I created around myself. And it's only through- Well, I didn't either. I honestly didn't yeah. either. I had yeah. no gay people in the church. There was no, I had no gay friends. I'll, I'll never forget there was like one or two gay guys kind of thing. And they were like no one in the school. Like they were oh. bullied. They yeah. were like- Pariahs really in that, in that time. Cause like I'm saying, like maybe nowadays it's, it's not even as big a thing. It's just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah they're gay or they're straight. Or like, you know, it's not as big a, a, a topic you need to talk to. 14 year olds these days uh, certainly in the uk it's, it's just like the, yeah why, but you've always been big, on another scale. why are you making a big deal with my friend steve who's gay like come on phil you're being weird like uh, like that's just yeah. not even a thing for for kids these days uh, and yet back in the day i can probably think of maybe like one or two kids that were in the different schools i was in that were maybe like gay like not just gay because they had um you know a sony walkman or a knockoff brand instead of a Sony Walkman, or, or they weren't just gay because they uh, wore like a tracksuit with two stripes instead of three stripes. Or, you know, yeah. like, like there was that, you know, that was just constantly getting thrown around. Yeah. But th th we were actually like, oh no, they, they apparently they hang out with all the girls and they like other guys. And it's like, oh, they're gay. No, no, they weren't popular in school. No, they weren't like, you know, likely to rise to the top and, and uh, uh, garner some attention. If anything, they were constantly trying to avoid any attention yeah. at all costs. Um, and yeah. so there was just very little room in my Christian bubble to be exposed to that. Um, and so it's only when I started educating, I'm like, oh gosh, this is really complex. Oh gosh, this is a spectrum. Like it's a spectrum. I remember um, saying to my wife at one point and I was like, yeah, I can see myself on a spectrum. Like on some level, I'm sure everyone's to some degree bisexual. Yeah. I'm like, but I've definitely like looked at guys and gone, wow, they're really good looking. Like, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that normal? And like, she's like, really? And, and she's like, oh yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, 
and so like we we have to accept now i don't particularly want to sleep with guys i not i don't find them yeah. that attractive right so i'm yeah. i'm fairly tiptoeing on yeah. this on, on the scale right if there is a, a huge yeah, scale no. yeah, most people that are right. very straight or very uh gay probably are on the far-reaching extremes but i think there is an ebb and flow in the middle of all of that and a lot of things can influence that um and it's it's just it's fascinating to me because you presumably like what was your education in school and stuff like about that like were you were you did you receive any kind of education on that topic no honestly i i mean if i i'm sure i would have remembered it because it was so important to me you know but it was just it was taboo and it was like not spoken about and um no my high school definitely I think also what I struggled with was like I really flourished around a, a co-ed kind of environment and I went from like being able to like because I was thankfully thankfully I was very sporty so mm. I was able to kind of like be a part of the in my mind cool group even though I was kind of at the bottom of the pecking order like to try to <laughs> stay there but like because I was pretty sporty and like pretty academic like I was able to stay amongst not being going there you know whereas I think that that would have been a bigger issue had I not had those other things to kind of mask other issues that I was yeah. having but in terms of like high school like I do remember us having I think LO was kind of coming into play um when I was in high school but no there was there was no thing on sexuality and like just general in my upbringing at least also also kind of sex and stuff wasn't really a topic ever spoken to me you know about um and i remember i'll never forget uh, my next door neighbor who they weren't christian and she had this book I, I i can't remember exactly what it was but it was like it was the like the book in the corner and but it was a child's book of trying to understand how babies were born you know right okay but i felt so badass when I could have a look at this book and it was like a, an egg and a, like it was like explaining it in like a kid's way you know yeah but I'll never forget that to me was like you know like mm. evil almost to know yeah. or to look at you know um so and yeah it, it's so fascinating you know what but it's, I, it's a power kind of, thing isn't it I'm, I'm I'm attaining this secret knowledge I remember my dad um had this book in his bookcase you know he's got this bookcase full of christian books that to a kid you're like this is all like boring stuff but i remember being like 11 or 12 and like i remember like in one of one of the books like it was like questions like 100 questions every christian asks or something and i remember i'd once looked at the back of it and it's and it, and it basically just a list of like topics and one of the topics was sex and so i like i was like can't wait till mom and dad aren't around. I'm going to sneak into the bookcase. I'm going to open this book and I'm going to look at the sex section and read the questions and the answers. And I was like, I am like storming the gates of hell right now and getting into the good, dirty stuff, like really like the dangerous stuff that only the most trusted Christians could ever look at this kind of stuff. My parents would have died of laughter at the thought of me. They would have read the book to me. You know, it was, it was like, it was things like, you know, like, um, I don't know, can you have sex before marriage? And it was like, well, the Bible says no, because blah, blah, blah. And that was it, right? I mean, like, that was like, you know, it, it wasn't like some, it wasn't like I was sneaking a peek at the Karma Sutra or something, you know? It was just like, but I felt like it. I felt like this, like, yeah. area that no one's talking about. Because um, my parents didn't particularly, they did not talk about sex at all. Every time, every time there was a kiss scene on a TV show or a movie, they'd all be like, oh, 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 they're kissing. Oh, oh, Phil, you're getting embarrassed. Oh, oh, oh. And I would get so embarrassed because like, I, I don't even know why. I would get really embarrassed because everyone was like, oh, Phil. Oh. 
Um, oh, you like, see, mine was opposite mine. The, the channel, if it was too steamy, the channel was changed. It was just completely new. Just completely like, no. Dang. <laughs> That's I'm watching uh, TV in the Middle East or something. I don't know if you've ever like been to these kind of cult- uh, countries where they censor. Um, and I, I remember watching TV once. It was like a romantic comedy or whatever. But it's just like they cut anything that's remotely sexual. So even like a kiss or, or like even if there's a moment where she's the, the woman's wearing like something too revealing, they just cut the scene out. And so the movie like makes no sense at all. Like we like this couple like they'll they'll get together and they'll they'll be talking over dinner and then they'll like it'll be a cut scene of them starting to walk home and then it just like blanks and then and she's then it's making the wedding day or something and you're like. Whoa, some shit went down between the date and the breakfast, I think. Um, but like you just missed like 12 minutes of the movie. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I will never I'll never forget being um I, I it was kind of at the stage where I started like toying with my mom being a little bit too strict kind of thing. And I will never forget the day she was ironing and swordfish. I'll never forget the movie with Halle Berry. And there's a scene oh, where yeah. she's lying. She's lying topless on the Sunday. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. We're probably similar and, in age. I remember this. <laughs> yeah. And she she does this to drop to speak. My mom drops the iron. <laughs> My mom does this when she was ironing. And she dropped the iron. She got such a fright. <laughs> Just like memories, memories. Holly so oh. Berry so, really dropped it on her. Like, man, she just had to like dive over the iron boards, like some sort of action movie, movie getting the remote control. So it was like dropped iron, like. <laughs> um, but yeah, That's so, so funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so many of those of those uh, little things that stood out, obviously to do with sex and sexuality. Like, I don't know if you ever remember those shows. I think it was actually in the UK where they they bought a flat for the TV show and there were four identical apartments and they had to renovate. They would get couples in to renovate each, like each couple had to renovate their own part. And then whoever did it the best won a prize or whatever. And I'll never forget the one time there was a gay couple that did the wine room and it was like the worst episode. You know, because but but it was still popular enough that we wanted to watch the series. But like it was like a click of the tongue or something whenever the gays would would come on. You know, oh. um, so, so funny. Yeah, just things obviously started started standing out to me. So so that was really difficult. Um, also mm. because like I say, I never felt a hundred percent gay, but because I think that's been the struggle. My like I've kind of come to terms with the fact that like I'm okay now that nature or nurture like i am i would be honest to say that i'm more comfortable around a masculine kind of energy or you know like personality um something i'm probably more attracted to you know but also i think that that has been the case because i was i was i just know the female population besides being really good friends is like so foreign to me and just so Mm. riddled with a lot of emotions and turmoil and like kind of like the david i see it as the david that was then either not accepting who he is because then I'm just in denial or the David that's like trying to force that away from him just to choose, you know, and I, I've had people say to me recently, you know, when I've obviously now started to tell people, you know, like, but, but the Lord brought along, you know, I dated a girl for an amazing, amazing, amazing girl. Like if she were to ever to watch this, I would so want to, she knows that she's, but she showed me love. Like no one has ever shown me love. Yeah. You know? And I dated her and this was unfortunately the stage where I was like, 
it was we were getting serious enough that I was just like and, and she, I knew that she saw I was the one and I knew she could kind of be the one but I was like there's the elephants in the room I haven't gone down this road of the guy thing and I could never mm. do this to her I just could never do it and also because I didn't know for myself I didn't have to be so about it you know and anyway I I, I broke it off and ended it and obviously subsequently it's it's been amazing you know and also I, I walked her through kind of Christianity she was pretty much atheist um wow. borderline maybe agnostic and like I <laughs> pat on the back introduced her to the Lord <laughs> did you get Christian part there you go I did my Christian part A and flirt to um, convert yeah you know and it was it was through mostly through worship music actually uh she mm. was just really stressed out and I, I, when i was just friends with her uh really stressed out and had just a lot of comforting music she just loved loved worship music and she would just want me to put that on and that was kind of the the, the door i guess into mm. and then she's got her own story of how it all kind of happened um but she's now married and happy and That's anyway awesome. so she's not so i think that was kind of like my last kind of like and then once I went into the whole thing of like exploring my sexuality and stuff um yeah I I think I've also I've kind of gone back a bit into being like well the whole idea of the sexual like physical thing really kind of also as things go on wears out it's more like it really is you know everyone talks about whether it's trying to make themselves feel better like it really is about the person, you know, I guess some people mm. could never like my best friend. She's also on the spectrum at some point. Like she also wouldn't ever want to do something with a girl, but she can find a girl attractive, you know? And, um, but I think what I've realized is that it really is about the person, you know, mm -hmm. who you, uh, there's, a, there's a certain level where someone wouldn't want to sleep with them or do anything sexual. But it really is about the soul and the person. And I kind of, I think I've actually told her this, but I've kind of looked back and like where I'm at now, I'm like, why? I should have just, you know, we could have worked it out kind of thing, you know? That's um, funny. That's funny. Because, yeah, she just was so special, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess I guess, then I started that journey, but but that's kind of carried on, you know, I've, I've yeah. accepted myself. I didn't have anything to show for it, which is why I didn't kind of tell anyone like, or um, I kind of did my own and I went through the whole, the whole suicidal. I did every kind of course, like pray it away, ask for deliverance. Um, I did a Jim Richards heart physics. I don't know if you know of Jim Richards. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did like a heart physics. I, I did all sorts of things, the 30 day thing. And it just never went away, you know? And I was just like, Lord, I can't do this anymore. Cause I don't want to lose you. You know, I don't want to mm. lose you. I don't want to lose as much as a lot of it would, will fall away as I question my beliefs and have to deconstruct, which in most of my circles, at least all the circles will be seen as backsliding. No one will yeah. see this as progressive, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's tough though. Like, I mean, it's tough to have when you have lived in a bit of a bubble, which anyone that's grown up in church does end up in somewhat of a bubble um, to find yourself. Um, Cause I, I often, um, I often wonder, uh, I'm not trying to appropriate an experience, but uh, in a sense for a lot of people, I do wonder if deconstruction is quite similar to coming out in a sense in that um, there is this thing that internally is going on that, that you um, are struggling to communicate, struggling to process, struggling to articulate 
um, for yourself that over time you kind of maybe find a bit of like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is who I am. This is what I believe now. And, and everyone around you just doesn't understand or won't understand. And you kind of know it. Um, and you're looking for a few safe people to kind of maybe tell here and there. Maybe you can find someone online anonymously. You can tell, but like people in your life, you're like, this is not going to work, right? For most people that are deconstructing, they're just like, everyone I know is like in a conventional Christian world and they're not going to accept me for going, oh, hi, I don't believe the Bible is the word of God, or I don't believe in hell as eternal consciousness, or whatever it is, you know, some of these things that we start to deconstruct. Um, and there is at some point for most people, there's a moment where you go, I gotta be me. I can't do this forever. And there is a moment where you have to quote unquote, come out to your family, your yeah. friends, your community, yeah. your church. And a lot of the time it looks very similar in that it's uh, okay, there's the door. We don't want to see you again. Or yeah. you're welcome at home for Thanksgiving and Christmas, but don't you ever talk about it. We don't even want to acknowledge this part of your life or, you know, well, you can come to church, but sit in the back, like the back row. Yeah. 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 Don't bring your deconstruction friends. No, <laughs> and you can't, you can't take up, you can't help with the offerings anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, gosh. Uh, but it's fascinating to me, like, uh, and, and I don't want to, like, you know, conflate the two. I know that they're two very different experiences, but there's definitely some of those those similar, um, if you take a far enough step back, there's some similar well, things or experiences. Definitely, yes. definitely. Um, yeah, and so it's, it's really fascinating because a, a lot of the people I talk with um, are from LGBTQ community and processing that. But obviously a huge amount of people aren't and are just deconstructing but also going through something that is um in the same way a really scary process of like god i'm gonna have to i i kind of know at some point i'm gonna have to rip this band-aid off i'm gonna have yeah. to like just go guys i, I don't yeah. think i'm actually with you guys on this one <laughs> like yeah. and that's a really did, did you kind of um was there kind of a in where you were with your faith and where you were with your sexuality and how you portrayed that to the people around you, was that kind of one kind of homogenous kind of like thing, moment, time periods, or did they kind of, were that, was that almost two separate kind of band-aids that you had to kind of rip off in a sense? So it's, you know, and, and we don't have to go there as well. If you're like, Oh God, I do not want to relive this. Life. No, <laughs> I mean, that's fine no, as well. No, no, um, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm saying so in the sense of like, this is what has probably made it more difficult for people from my kind of old, not old life, but like that kind of mindset to, I kind of did myself an injustice of like, because when I was in that mindset, because I'm quite like authentic and I, I, I've always wanted to be open with everyone and honest, whatever. And in my own little ways, I brought it up with family or whatever, like telling them in some way that I'm struggling with it. Mm. and so but unfortunately once the decision was made and it was a long time after like I worked and I did my own I, I moved out of house and I was doing my own thing by the time I like told people those conversations the only thing they had to go back onto was the conversations I had with them when I was struggling with it and I'm like I'm speaking right. to them about my sexuality in a totally different space and it's like so they wanted they like say to me yeah but like you knew it, like you said, you knew it was wrong and you knew mm. it was a struggle and that it was, you know, blah, 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 all these things you didn't want to be. And I'm like, no, but I was, I was trapped. I was, I was scared, you know? And so I think that it was, it was definitely, 
um, they were definitely separate. Um, I think that's uh, if I'm trying to answer your question. Um, I think the 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 whole sexuality thing was kind of like a big bulldozer, like I can't anymore. But I, for a while, have have been my personality as constant. Like I like to challenge and question, mm. and which is why I think I look back in my life and I'm just like I can't believe I didn't for so long, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so that has been like a recurring thing. But once again, unfortunately, and I think that's why. I mean, it's it's sad to say, but like when I find people that are like wanting to somehow grasp, and it's not just just it's not just sexuality. It's kind of all spheres of the bad things that the church see as sin you know yeah. but when i find someone who's straight and that has wants to kind of understand it's just like because as soon as you are as soon as you have a say in something that even if it isn't to do with sexuality if you found out to be a christian that's maybe gay you your word is is initially it's like minus 100 points you know yeah. <laughs> sorry like you starting off the back foot and it's like okay well he's a sinner and most likely unsaved and now i'll listen you know yeah yeah um so i mean i hate, <laughs> I hate to say for i don't know if i'd be following you as much as if you were gay because <laughs> i would you wouldn't have much clout back at home you know yeah yeah um but, but that, we, we do that, though, right? We do that on, on a whole bunch of different levels, right? We do that, oh, like, go look at the books on my bookshelf. How many of them are by black authors? Yeah. Very few. How many are by women compared to how many by men? Mm. Less, right? And, and, and so we do it in a whole host. How many from the LGBTQ, yeah. you know, is, is the percentage of people on my bookshelf uh, by the LGBTQ community uh, comparative to how many people in the broad society are LGBTQ? Yeah probably much less right i mean i don't yeah. read you know five whatever percent i don't, I don't know the percentages anymore um yeah. at one point i might have those numbers in my head but right we, we it's just not and you start to go oh this is not representative um but you but we don't think about those things you know we don't overly but, but certainly in christian terms we're we're forced to we're forced to not only think about those but enforce those things right and so it's like yeah. oh how many books on your bookshelf are by muslims uh zero obviously duh you know like why yeah. would I ever read a Muslim? Yeah. You know, I mean, for me to even like a, a Rumi quote or something, it's got to be like particularly like next level, right? It's got to offset the minus 1000 yeah. points. It's got to be a like yeah. 2000 point quote, yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. doubly good yeah. to any Christian quote for me to even yeah. accept it. Um, yeah. And definitely just exactly. make sure there's no mention of like, you know, Allah or anything like particularly. No. You know, and so yeah it's, it's really it's it's kind of i guess it's natural isn't it that we've built these systems where we can only hear from the people we can hear while while we're in them at least and and yeah things whittle yeah. that away but yeah yeah i think also the you mentioning that i think that was also something that like kind of got to me was i must say as much as the sexuality differences weren't like religious differences were, were hit in primary school already you know mm. and as much as anyone anyone else was basically not christian catholic like no one they were all going painted with the same brush right. as hindus wow. yeah there was like it was only one way you know or yeah. the highway um but that yeah, i must lucky say you guys had that one well you know um you know well i did until certain things um <laughs> And, but I was definitely dealt with different religions from a young age. Like one of my mm. close friends in primary school was a Jehovah's Witness. And I remember us, um, as much as I knew she was <laughs> going to hell, <laughs> unless she changed her life around. Like, I just, 
constantly just remember being like, these people are amazing, you know, mm. and why, why am I so special? You know, like I didn't, and then once again, I was born into this, like, and then I started thinking of like, you know, you, you bring up little stories that are important to you. And I just remember thinking like, what about the Indian child in the middle of India that is never going to be reached to by, you know, everyone will be reached in the world before. And like that, her reality is never to maybe meet Christ or whatever, yeah. you know, at least on the earthly terms, we don't know what he does. And, and I think that's what wrapped my head around being okay. You know, like being able to put full stops on things. Like I was okay with the fact that I was like, you know what? We don't know what's going to happen on earth. Right. Mm. If that's what you want to believe that it's the prayer thing. I don't, I think that all, almighty God would find a way to definitely make it a known decision. Like yeah. whether it's like halfway up to heaven or hell to be like, listen, by the way, <laughs> you like I'm real. You, but yeah. you're about to go into lava pit for the rest of your life or to honey and milk. What do you choose? <laughs> Such um, a hard choice, right? You have yeah. to be so stubborn. I, I consider myself, I'm probably stubborn enough sometimes. <laughs> But to, yeah, to, to go the other just way. Like, screw you! Like, yeah, I'm yeah. Principled. And then I'm like, um, for me, I would be like, then fine, then there can yeah. be a hell. You know, if but, someone is. But that, will anyone ever pick? You know, is that is that thing of like what causes? Yeah, I, yeah. I remember as a kid coming to like some sort of terms of that of like I think I asked my mom or something, and she was like, you just don't know. Like, you know, maybe you are a non-Christian, and someone puts a gun to your head and pulls the bullet and you know, just time slows down. And in that moment, God reveals himself and says, Hey buddy, this bullet's going to hit pretty yeah. hard. Um, yeah. Want to hang with me for eternity? If not, yeah. totally cool, but your call. And, and, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was basically something along those lines. And I remember going, yeah, it works. You know, it's funny how we have different answers that will do for yeah. us at different times. And then after a while I was like, I don't know if I like that. It feels a bit, it feels a bit up in the air. Like maybe we could yeah. come up with a better option here. Yeah. Um, but like, there's got to be something, right? It just, it, even as a young kid, we can see that's pretty messed up. It's pretty messed up that my friend, the Jehovah Witness, was born into a Jehovah Witness family, and therefore she's just got less chance of getting saved yeah. than born into a Christian family. Like, a young kid can go, that's pretty unfair. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's fascinating. And like, and like, you know, I've, my whole thing is, is like, my whole deconstruction thing has been like, I don't mind if people agree with what I, obviously, I mean, I think we all realize that. I mean, even in our partner's calls, like we will listen to everyone, but I can see people's faces going like, well, I'm not there yet. Or, you know, the, yeah. some people will speak more about the topic than others, you know, but I think if you don't have a space or a, you know, just a space to speak about a, a certain topic, that's safe. There's no, you don't enforce any of your own views onto the other person or whatever. Mm. And then step out and be like, okay, that was that conversation. And I may, I agree or don't agree, but you know, I feel like if people don't have that little capacity for me or for anyone else to have, I say, don't even go there. I won't yeah. speak about it. There's no point in me trying to convince someone or, or, or and it's, to be honest, at the moment, it's not even about sexuality. It's about Christianity itself. I'm, yeah. I mean, I've, I've moved probably past the sexuality thing about four years ago. It's still a, it's still an ongoing thing, but not needing answers and your 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 whole course, you know, was interesting and and, and it's so needed, you know. Mm. Um, but I just, yeah, I think it's challenging now. These whole these whole ideas of my my deconstruction thing is is now just because it's real for you doesn't mean it's the truth. 
you know. Yeah. Um, and and I, I know, I mean, I've I had a Muslim, two Muslim friends that I studied with for four years and our degree was very much like, did a lot of stuff together. And they are the nicest guys in the world. They are more devoted than I ever was as a Christian. Mm. And I'm like, they experience healing and miracles in their culture and their religion and with their wow. God. You know, they see miracles in their religion. And yeah. I'm like, what, what is going to change their, their viewpoint for the yeah. rest of their life that Jesus is the way? Unless they have some sort of deconstruction in their religion. Yeah. It works for them. They devoted, they're happy. And I'm just like, I cannot put my foot down on them and say, I cannot do it. I cannot do it anymore. Anyone actually to an extent. Yeah. To say, you know, and I mean, I know I, I, I haven't looked into the whole thing of like, is hell even real? Like I've had those thoughts obviously, but I, I don't have enough scripture. Like I'm so interested. I don't know. I was going to ask you, do you have like a, a series or podcast on revelations? Like on. no. I, I probably will never, ever have one either because that's just a big minefield and I'm just, uh, I don't find it that interesting. I, I don't know what it is. There's something about it being like all metaphor and all like, you know, numbers and codes and imagery and you have to go back and go, oh, what did that code mean? Oh, that code, if you add it up in the Greek, it adds up to the name Nero. And so it's probably a code that they're talking about this beast that's 666. Actually, the beast is Nero and we should be like, screw that guy. And like, I'm like, ah. which is weird because as a kid, I love that stuff, right? Crack the code and like, you know, whatever. But left behind. Like, I just don't care. Like, yeah, left behind. Well, they crack no code. They're like, it says yeah. locust with lion's faces. All right, must be locust with lion's faces flying through the air. I guess that's what it means. Oh man, come on, guys. The amount um, of trauma I have from those movies, I cannot begin to tell you. And the, I'll never forget my the pastor coming out. Like, at least make the pastor go to heaven. Do you know what oh, I mean? Man. Like, there's the pastor come out the back and be like, well, I preached about it for years. I'm like, I'm screwed then. I am absolutely screwed. There's a pastor who's <laughs> devoted his whole life to Christian, Christian and he's he comes back from the altar and he's screwed he well i spoke the words but i didn't believe it you know oh i'm like oh my word i have no chance so funny because so many people have so, all these doubts as well so they're all being like oh maybe i'm that pastor maybe i'm oh my god oh my god which is what yeah. they wanted right they, they want people to question that and to be really serious and devoted but uh yeah yeah, no, I, I just, I just don't, and I don't even really, the thing is when people are like, oh, so what do you recommend I read then? And I'm like, I don't even read this stuff. Like, I mean, I can point you a couple of directions, but I just don't care. <laughs> it's really bad, yeah. but I just don't. I, was, I mean, like, ah. I was listening to your, your one podcast where you're talking about Richard Raw being like, the a, 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 well, maybe not now you said, but like a decent crossover kind of mm. like, and I think he was someone I enjoyed in Rob Bell, like love Rob Bell, his Love Wins mm. book was an amazing kind of like, yeah. you know, um, I think it started with Max Lucado, actually my first kind of like, I, I can't even remember exactly which books, but he was the first one that I kind of felt a little bit loved by and like okay. could read safely. And then kind of Rob Bell and then like Richard Raw, you know, and um I haven't kind of actually gone on from there, not to say that I've stayed in. And then I found, so it was my favorite book. Well, actually it started with The Shack. I loved oh The Shack. Oh my God, The Shack is incredible. I remember, I've read it so many times and I just mm. remember that being my first like, ha, like guys, 
and, and it was also generally quite accepted by a lot of charismatic people. Yeah, surprisingly so, right? It was, yeah. it was, it yeah. was really was weird. Just, it's like, amazing. Like, yeah. we can meet, yeah. Like, the shack, the shack. <laughs> like, I'm okay. I'm not going to, like, I'm normal. Like, God isn't a white male with, you know. And that was just amazing for me. And it's just like, I remember writing side notes for myself when I went back and read it and how it's just about this, like, unconditional love. Like, just love of Jesus, like, unwavering love, you know. And I love that book. And then Love Wins, obviously. And then my favorite book of all time, I think during deconstruction, I'm sure I'll have more to come, is Things Hidden. I don't know if you've read Things Hidden by no. Richard Raw. Oh, no, I haven't, no. And it's it's uh, it's scripture as spirituality is like the, the underlining thing, you know? And that was exactly right. what I needed. Like, I'm feeling like I'm a very spiritual person. I hate the word religion now. Like, it's just does anything everything and everything bad to me and then i'm like and but i still don't want to lose scripture like my mm. heart is so much for scripture as well i and i think it might be a little bit out of fear like i don't want to be that christian that like let's go of scripture you know <laughs> um yeah because how am i going to be heard to people that are the, the world i've come from if i've given up scripture and i've yeah. thrown away no, absolutely. um and he takes scripture as and he he, he bring spirituality and scripture in a way I'm just like mind blown. Like you guys all read so many books. I, I How do you do Are you like, I don't read as many as I'd like to, honestly, like, yeah, I, I'm a I, slow reader. All remember the authors. Like you all know authors. Like whenever I hear people speaking, they're like, Oh, that author. I'm like, I, it blows my mind. It's amazing. Says the guy that was just saying, Oh, have you read this book? And I'm like, I don't know. Who's that by? Oh, it's by one of your favorite authors. Oh, okay, cool. So, you know, we, we all hold something up here, but it's never ever here. Yeah. Um, I'm really good with names and, uh, and facts and figures. I kind of hold those things somehow. I don't remember my childhood, you know, so I'd probably go for somewhere in the middle. If I could give a few, yeah. if I could give up a few like pieces of data and remember, you know, fond memories with my siblings, wow. my mom or something, I'd, I'd you know, find somewhere in the middle. But I, I guess it's the way people's brains work. Some, some it, it fascinates me. Like a face, yeah. I'm like, I will never, I will be able to say where I saw you if I see someone, you know. That's amazing. But names, I am, I think it's, once again, it's work though as well. Like mm. in my work, like I'm, I'll get to know their name to, to, to meet, like to meet them where they're at, but it, it'll eventually turn into mammal, sir. You know, like, sir, yeah. do you mind if I do this? Or, you know, so it's just easier, you know, unless they're in a very, I don't know, unless they're a child, you know, or, or mm. someone that needs that that familiarity. Like over here, it's very much accepted. And and you feel a bit important, you know, like man, so, you know. Um, so, so yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, so I'd say it kind of went on from there. Then I, I was introduced to you um, and kind of your ideas and everything have have really kind of shaped and, and, and meeting these people. Like I, I'm loving these podcasts, you know. There's just not that much of, I don't want to say it's not there or people are too scared or maybe they're doing it on their own and haven't like been able to come out yet, you know, with this deconstructing, yeah. but it's not big here, you know, yeah. um, so one to community, you know, a lot of people spoke about how a lot of people have spoken and mentioned it at least that they're like, they're you, they little naughty, like Saturday night, you know, but the yeah. rest of their day pretty much back to, you know, either a congregation that's quite blue stage or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. And 
and yeah, so I don't know if, there, if there's that, but like, I'm so desperate to find a community. Like I yeah. still up until about a year ago, was still going to different charismatic churches. Like I'm, I led praise and worship. Like I'm, I play the piano and sing as well uh, for my dad's church back then. Sure. And like, it's always been a, a thing that I've loved. And I felt if, if you wanted to call like my calling is something I really, really love and, and mm. cherish. Um, and I've so wanted to find a church like a Bethel or a Hillsong mm. or, a, you know, one of those churches that has a big influence into their and, and input into their praise and worship and, and yeah. find a church like that around here. But it, it will come out that they just, they, it, it's a core thing and I wait for it and I so don't <laughs> want it to, but there's no space. Maybe for, you need to plant space. a church, man. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> But what it, why is it that, because um, I'm really fascinated by this dynamic, because um, this is something I was talking with someone, I can't remember, a couple podcasts back, it might not even be out yet, because I'm usually like four podcasts, five podcasts ahead when I'm recording, because otherwise I would just be screwed. Um, but, uh, you know, what is it that draws you to wanting that? Because there's an element of community, like missing, I miss having like people around me doing life, but like, you know, you can do that with your workmates, your friends from school, you know, different people that don't hold um, a particular faith conviction. Um, and that can be very meaningful and, and beautiful. And, and, and that can be fine for a lot of people, you know, like I, I have zero desire for a church thing. Like I like get together with my mates at pubs. We hang out, we occasionally work through like a book together and talk about like, but we talk philosophy, politics, you know, psychology, yeah. theology. That's just yeah. the way we're wired. We're very much a group that's wired like that. Um, and so that ticks like all my boxes that do some yeah. board games, you know, have a laugh. Like I'm in, um, I have no desire to go to a church, but I know that like other people, it's like, Oh dude, I just miss like worship music or I just miss praying or I, you know, it's yeah. there's different components that are to some degree still require an assemblance of similar beliefs to act in a similar practice if that makes sense like yeah. is it some of those components that you're missing when you say you kind of long for like a kind of church experience yeah i think it's it's an interesting question like i think i get that thankfully like my best friend is a christian and okay. she we 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 very similar mindsets and like you say like ticking all the boxes like we speak about anything and everything you know but, um, and I have one or two friends as well that I kind of like need the same thing. But I think it's this whole idea. Well, well, first of all, it's this whole idea of like, that's where I've come from. And I think it'll always be there. Yeah. And I so want to strip away, like have create new memories of it, you know, in a healthier way. Um, and people are becoming more open-minded, but still there's just these things that no one will budge on, you know? And mm. um, so I think in one aspect, it's the whole idea of like the core which is, I mean, it's like, what am I wanting to find if I know it's not going to be there? But like the whole core idea of someone being the same. So you're mm. like on the same page with a lot of people. But I think in terms of what I get out of it, worship, praise and worship wise, is um, I guess personally, on a personal level, that's where if you want to talk about an authentic feeling, which is something I desire so much, I, like we spoke about it in the partners call, you know, some things that I, I thought were maybe real, but were they like feelings wise, you know? Um, and even if they were, I'm like, well, why can't there be more of them? You know, why can't mm. like it? Yeah. Why would I have to get into some trance or whatever to, to discover him, you know? Um, but, but I think the, the one thing is in terms of communication and this feeling inside is when I, when I sing and I praise and like, Worship, yeah. I feel a stronger connection to a higher day 
empty, you know, and I know Christian will flip it back, so, you know, using that word. Yeah. I, I will say God and I will say Jesus, you know, and I will say connection to God. But um, what he looks like, what his face looks like, mm. whatever he looks like, I, I feel a supernatural connection in praise and worship. And then also from what I've received in an authentic way from people is like once I've been doing praise and worship at a church or whatever, like someone who doesn't know me from a bar of soap that has nothing to gain from me because I won't be the pastor or anything yeah. will like come and tell me how they had the supernatural experience through the worship, you know, and, and it's that kind of thing that has made me just realize that's something that I've always wanted to hold on to, but I've completely let go of that. Now it's a, I guess it's a bit sad. Um, and but, but in a way, I've, I've got new passions now. I've got new ways of, you sure. know, um, new things to put in, in energy or whatever into. So I, but yeah, that, that was something that I was still striving for, you know, but now that yeah. I've found this community and people have now like in South Africa have reached out to me, um, right. knowing that I'm kind of like, so like I'm feeling a bit of a tug towards being like, that's taking up. And I feel like that's a bit of a calling in itself, you know, and, I don't like that word either, but like a passion, you know, um, and a connection to like a purpose of yeah. in, in the Christian realm, not just a purpose of like, Oh, I want to get a healthier body, you know? Um, but in terms of a grander, like a, a larger supernatural, uh, kind of aspect or whatever perspective is people now reaching out to me, knowing that I'm on kind of this path, you know, and, uh, atheists, agnostics, Christians are like contacting me and feel feel that I'm a safe space to speak yeah, to. That's brilliant. Um, and that's what I want, you know. Yeah. And and when I see people like you, and you know, I'm just like, you know, I want nothing more. I want, I honestly want nothing more. Like I and I, I'm actually you. You spoke about it. I think he is a counselor or something. But like, I'm actually wanting to study psychology. Okay. Um. So yeah, I want to kind of like like go the academic route of psychology and bring in my emergency medicine kind of as well that I'm involved with and yeah. become like a niche, maybe counselor to like a lot of people who feel counselors don't know what they've gone through, you know, like yeah. they can speak till the cars come home, but if you've never seen a, a head of someone or whatever, yeah. like you'll never understand, you know, kind of thing. And that's why they don't go to therapy. So I'd love to like mix that and emergency yeah. medicine and psychology and become like, maybe a psychologist for like doctors and any sort of trauma yeah you know? and then but then also kind of go the the counseling route to any christian non-christian gay yeah. trans you know and just meet as many people as i can and be the space of like i have a view and i have a i do have a, a stand you know i think that's what a lot of people christians are so scared of is like you lose your roots you like this wishy-washy neither here nor there like yeah you've backed lukewarm man yeah you know and i'm just like well if that's what you want to see it as i'm i'm fine with that but man yeah. like my my kind of go home message to to like steadfast christians that want to pinpoint people or whatever i'm just like in my imperfection i if i can find love in my heart to love others and have a space like how much more love and acceptance would like this almighty yeah. god that apparently sac like sacrificed the son and died for us well i mean we killed him but um surely he would have the more love than i have and i'm not a space where for a while now just because of being feeling like i've been one of the minority that have been persecuted i can honestly stack it i could sit down with a mass murderer 
like anything of the worst that is deemed by society mm. or Christians, have a decent conversation and like, yeah, if they were like, a, you know, and that's why I feel so sorry for like psych patients that have lost mm. their mind, that have no cognition. And that also started playing in my mind of like, well, what does a Siamese twin, okay? Yeah. With one heart and two heads, they are separate personalities. I can't help but like, they are as important as every other person. Where are they going? If the one wants to be Christian and the one wants to be atheist, what about them, you know? And like, we want to like, no, 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 that's, you know, that's, no, 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 no okay, way. Yeah. The, Lord will, the Lord will make a plan for that case, you know? Um, but yeah. Mm. How I'm intrigued by because your line of work is, um, you know, you've, you've mentioned uh, different times you mentioned on this call, but you mentioned in different conversations we've had, like, it's a very intense line of work. It's, it's, mm. you, you're exposed to extraordinarily traumatic experiences, people that have gone through traumatic experiences, but also just you yourself, you show up and often don't even know barely what you're going into and just face yeah with really and yet you're in a position of um it's all eyes on you okay you're here to fix this or you know like or whatever that looks like right but you're here make it better make make something better than yeah. it is right now uh, that's yeah. a that's a really hard uh job it's a profound job thank you for doing it it's an amazing uh thing that people do these things i know that you, you want to do it and it's not like you're like oh yeah, i'll do my burden on society you know i, I know you, you you don't like that dynamic but yeah, i think it is a very honorable thing to do um but how has that played into your your processing of your faith because oh for for me it, thinking of the traumatic moments in my life or the hard moments, you know, things like my divorce or things like watching my mother die or just things that are like, whoa, that was intense, right? Now that's nothing like showing up at a car crash where there's like multiple bodies everywhere. Or, you know, I don't know, like, I, I can't only imagine, I, I don't know the exact yeah, situation you've been through, but, you know, like, yeah seriously like whoa and of course as well there's another dynamic where it's not your mom in the car crash as well you know so of course every trauma is unique and different but yeah. i look at those moments in my life that were quite traumatic or intense and they have long long lasting implications on just my psychology right just my psychology is messed up on some of this stuff yeah. but like then you go okay and my spirituality was was tweaked, was, was shifted, was affected, whether negatively or positively. And again, who decides what, what's negative and what's positive when it comes yeah. to spirituality. But yeah. a lot has gone on in my life because of those moments. And I can imagine, I'm just hypothesizing, I don't know, but I can imagine that in your life, you've had these different experiences or you come home from work and you go, okay, God, I need to reframe what the hell I think about that. Yeah. Or, you know, like kind of figuring that out. Like, how is that um, coming to play for you or, or have you managed to still, because a lot, I imagine a lot of uh, conventional Christians doing what you do would go into a lot of these situations and their faith would be a real rock for them. It would be a real thing they can hold on to through it, if that makes sense. Uh, certainly, I imagine you can make sense of that because you've been that person to some degree. Yeah. Um, but when you're going through deconstruction, you don't really have that luxury in the same sense. You know, you're not as able to go, oh, well, you know, God is good and this is what he looks like and this is why things happen. And, you know, like, it's not as clear-cut, black and white, nice and yeah. simple as, as maybe it once was. Um, can you talk a bit about, like, how you've kind of navigated your faith in the midst of all that? Were, were you already deconstructing when you kind of started working? 
yeah. So, so funny enough, I started in the theater industry. So I, I was kind of like, I went from being like academic, not really knowing what I wanted to study, being sporty, maybe doing like physiotherapy kind of thing. And then like my best friend was doing architecture and I was like quite creative and good at technical drawing. So I went into architecture for a year, which was very kind of substandard, still similar to society. And then I got an opportunity to go into singing and I was in musical theater for like wow. five years. But that was when I still was not like even more so not addressing because it was like such a stock standard, like, oh, musical theater gay you know right and like I refused to be that person you know and yeah. I hadn't gone that, down that road yet but sorry my point being is that that was already in an industry that was now force it almost forces you to deconstruct because your your work colleagues and your friends are gay uh yeah. struggling with all different things you know I mean there's drugs in every industry but there's there's people that aren't drugs or it's more acceptable at least you yeah. know so I really went through that industry of like really getting to know. And I'm just like, that's another thing that I like. I'm like, before you judging people, who do you know? Like when I'm, when I'm mm. asked about people like that want to tell me about things or try to make their final decision about it. I'm like, have you ever sat down with a, you have a big, big view and you will burn a trans person to the stake. But do you know one? Have you have you sat down and listened to their journey? Is it, is it a just I don't care? I mean, imagine the Lord did that to us. Like yeah, I don't care. Wow. You know, you've lived your life of hell, and you come to Him going, Lord, this is the card I want. Imagine He just went, I don't care. Sorry, you know. So I kind of like to do that now. But anyway, so I, I yeah, went through theatre, and then I got into the EMS emergency medicine in 2014, and it has been way more uh breaking and and blow, mind blown and and deconstructing initiating than the sexuality thing ever was mm. um and funny enough what you mentioned I, I think to some extent yes some people's religion and faith or whatever stays core like if, if they're very much true or whatever but actually funny enough when people are put in these environments you cannot but deconstruct to some point unless you are like you want to do like to go to work and see patients and friends with literally blinds, you know? Yeah. Um, and so many people I've spoken to that are from like conservative Afrikaans upbringings or whatever. They mm. like the one girl's moment was one of her first shifts where, I mean, sorry, it's, it's graphic, but a, a, a baby okay. was raped by five wow. minutes. It's, it's a horrible story. And then first of all, my mind goes on just like so many different things of like, you know, but her her story was like she didn't want to lose her faith but she couldn't do she couldn't play cards anymore of this whole thing of like she did the whole very very common question that a lot of people that don't want to even know christianity or religion is the whole how could god how could he yeah. be real if the earthquakes the sickness you know they they don't even want to they, they can't picture a god that would want to do that or allow that because he could have stopped that you know, yeah. and it's such a big, it's, it's such a, for me, a, a, a highly justified thought, you know, this yeah. almighty yeah. God, you can move mountains and the faith of a mustard seed and, you know, all these small things, but he will allow six men to brutally rape and, and eventually she died a, a baby, you know, sure. and Gosh. that was her, that was her moment. And the thing is, it's daily in terms of not necessarily maybe this dramatic, but like, sure getting to a car accident and seeing the, the person with the car that's not damaged uh, dead, 
like their the trajectory that they went in the car, they hit this side of the head. They've got barely any trauma, but they did from a head injury. Mm. And then you've got like this mangled car, and they're on the phone talking the insurance, you know. And you just like if you don't, unless you don't want to go there and don't think about it, you like, man, this whole idea that like there's some form of like if if you want to create a system in the world that like tick tick tick. Like you can't do that. It falls man. apart so quickly, right? Yeah. Um, and mm. so it definitely no, it it's completely spiraled. And I and I think once again, people will see it as spiraling down or whatever. Yeah. It's just I've either had to open and grow and like be more open to more ideas and more whatever to create space to to grow, or I've had to throw it all away. And become like atheist, but even that is in a sense a choice. Like that's a belief yeah. in, in itself is to be atheist, you know, because I'm then acknowledging almost that there is a God that I'm wanting to not acknowledge, you know, mm. um, and it's it's really either awful because um, and yeah, I, I think how I've created it, like there's certain things that I've like are, are coping mechanisms, you know, and the one thing that I've just decided in my life is that I, I see my life in eternal, like now, not eternity, um, uh, like my carnal life as a drop of water. And I see eternity as an ocean. And in my idea, eternity is the blue crystal ocean, right? With heaven and honey and like, that's the, the ultimate, the ultimate goal. I think for everyone, I'd love for there to be a heaven, and a greater place, you know? I feel a part of me would be relieved if we just went to dust and I never see it. <laughs> I never have to think about anything ever again. Um, but like if we get to heaven or there's an afterlife and we don't have questions answered, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> like, I'm in for the answers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm only doing this for answers eventually. You know, if we have to go to another That's state funny. of being or something and we still don't have questions answered, I'm like, Lord, I'm out. Um, but <laughs> I see kind of eternity as this blue ocean. And I've, I've just come to the fact that my earth and my carnal life is going to be this drop. And no matter how black or dirty or moments of adding jick and it's clearer or whatever, you know, that is my reality. And um, whenever it gets too much and like, I can't think of anything, like I just step out of it and I kind of like pick, I literally picture myself like lying in an ocean. And just being like, it's, you know, because mm -hmm. we think so much and we have these intense conversations and, you know, a lot of it is, is really draining actually, it is, you know, yeah, absolutely. And, and like, when I see these accidents or if I see these people crying out, like I had two girls that uh, came up to me once and said, like, they'd heard me speaking about whatever. And they're like, the only reason, and I think it's a lot of people, the only reason they would ever believe in a God is out of fear that they don't want to go to hell. You know, and I yeah. still feel like there's a there's a little part of me that will always be there. You know, I think if I ultimately wanted to reject Christ, I, I still wouldn't or reject the whole <laughs> idea. My upbringing and and people could say like, well, that's the Lord, we win, you know, kind of thing. Like, um, I think I would be too scared to ever yeah. honestly say that I'm atheist. I think that I've seen too much and felt enough that I'm like, I would always say this must be a higher. A, a larger creation you know mm. um which i believe is is god and believe in jesus um but yeah so so definitely has it completely rattled any form of 
yeah. of ideas and daily does, you know, and also like I see every, I see the homeless and the drug addicts and the divorced mm. and the abuse and the, I see that we go to churches. I see the religiously, uh, see them grapple with their moments in a church where the guy's having a heart attack in their church service. And you're like, well, Lord, what more would you want? Like we're going to church, you know, yeah. and there's my husband dying in front of me in the church, you know? Yeah. To see these people in their walks of life, it only but daily just opens my perspective to like question mm. after question after question and like have your answer, but do you really know? Could you could you could you pin? I mean, it's always the ultimate heaven or hell. Could you pin someone you going to hell with mm. with your real knowledge, you know? And I guess some people are in a bubble where they, they don't see they, that. Yeah, they really do feel they could. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, it's, I think, yeah, it's, it's Roar who says, you know, it's great through great suffering that we, that we see transformation and growth. And, um, and, and so I think it is, it's fascinating to, to talk to someone like yourself who is in a job where you're intentionally putting yourself in the line of great suffering every day. Um, because I can't imagine the, the strain, you know, like I often just after a day of work, whatever that looks like, my day of work is very bitty and all over the place anyway, but like after a day or whatever, I sit down and I'm like, I am exhausted, you know, uh, from whatever it is, just recording podcasts, talking to people, maybe interacting with people that are going through very hard situations, you know, and they'll, they'll tell me these terrible stories. At least I'm not showing up on the scene, but you know, I'm hearing these stories about yeah. Uh, no, the pastor abused them or whatever and, and it's it's tiring it's, it's very exhausting uh work um but it pushes you it does there's some it does something doesn't it it's it's, it's fascinating yeah. to um to see that what have been some of your like coping mechanisms for that or, uh, coping, coping mechanisms has a negative sense um so yeah. i i don't maybe that's not the right word, word to say maybe like um what have been some of your tools that you've utilized that have helped you kind of navigate these things you know you're talking about right. conceptualizing <laughs> yeah, like, hard drugs alcohol uh, yeah. so um uh thankfully like yeah i don't i don't drink or smoke which has been i, I have a very addictive personality so i'm so okay. glad that i never got onto like i've never been down that road thank mm. the lord i think your conservative so upbringing kind of helped you in that one regard <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but it's a big yeah it's one of the big big coping mechanisms in my mm. field but um i have never so i would say that i started getting like I, I went through a stage of like extreme anxiety. I think it was when I finally got my higher qualification and I was like going to be the, the highest qualified on all the scenes, right. um, at least if another one of my qualifications came, which would be quite rare. It wouldn't be normally like if they called our service, like we don't have like one government, like we have private services um, in amongst. Okay. So, so like if they called my private service, it's not like we're going to send another one of my qualifications to the scene, you know? So maybe on car accidents, you would get a few of my qualification. But when that happened and there was that kind of change of like this responsibility, like I definitely mm. suffered with anxiety. Um, but in terms of like the trauma and like that's never thankfully got to me. I think I've had one traumatic dream, like the, the wake up and the sweats. It was a horrible dream. But otherwise, like the trauma's just never, it's never got to me in the sense of like, yeah, I mean, like people struggle with kids and stuff I do as well you know um but we have our we have our biases we have our things in us that like 
I hate seeing a child suffer, but a part of me is just like, a part of me does think, well, they don't like, they're better off. Like mm. if they, if it was borderline, I don't want them to suffer, but like if it was borderline, they may be being alive with like damaging like brain injury or mm. this trauma filled life for the rest of their lives or them just going to be with Jesus, I hope. I'm just like, that doesn't affect me long-term because I'm just like, if I go back into my ocean, I'm just like, it's, it's, it's actually fine. It's fine. Mm. You know? And then I think that's how I justify all this, this harshness in the world that happens. I'm like in the bigger picture, hopefully I'll have an answer and hopefully this little drop of water will not even be seen. Whatever that drop of water is, whether mm. it's tornadoes, masses amounts of people being murdered, like, hopefully that'll make sense in the bigger picture and i think my my stance that whole ocean thing is really my one of my coping mechanisms like as soon as something gets too much and this this drop of water is like black and i don't understand it and i'm scared or whatever i'm just like this is but like life is like you know like a a flicker like if we if we are going to be around for eternity i mean this is nothing you know? And so I think that generally helps me like sleep and just like this whole idea is like, it's okay. Like no matter what trauma I'm going through, like, Lord, I really believe. And that's what gets me through, you know? And that's what like, if I look at Jesus and how he lived his life, you know, and I think that's why I'll always identify as a Christian per se is because I loved how he always kind of went against the grain. He went against the Mm. religious, you know? And like, yeah, I just, the way he was, is I think more than it being a religion of like, that's going to save me. I, 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 the historical facts are there and I believe in his way of life, you know, and I mm. support it. And, um, but yeah, so, so being back to kind of, I don't have, I don't have to answer your question. I don't have any real, I think I've always been up for, if I did start getting traumatic, like dreams, I would go into the whole looking at therapy, you sure. know, something like that. I'm, I'm open to, acknowledging I'm not coping, you know, thankfully I'm in a position at the moment for probably the last eight months where I've been seeing a lot less. I've been, I've been in a position that's kind of a niche market um, and not running to every single call. I'm kind of like second backup on a lot of things. And so I've been really blessed. I've been working only day shifts. So that was playing probably more of a, of a mental and spiritual part was the shift work, the night, day, night, day. Shift work is like, the worst like, i mean it, it's clearly proven and documented yeah. to just screw yeah. people over yeah. and yeah it's researched it's yeah deeply researched and it like yeah. consistently comes up as like yeah this is gonna like shorten people's lives yeah. mess with them psychologically right? screws them over and it's like all right cool let's get people on shift work yeah it's and, crazy and i mean I but there's not really any way around it sometimes right i mean i understand well, that exactly well, but... exactly how do you get around it i mean if someone's dying at midnight <laughs> sorry we Look, man, wait six hours <laughs> yeah of course I mean, it's, it's um, the way it is right but i would say that probably like played more on me and affected me more physiologically psychologically psychologically mm. um and then seeing trauma was actually just messing around with my like circadian rhythms and like just being generally kind of worn down all the time, you know, and then me not wanting to exercise. And then that plays a role in my, cause I'm like, I love being healthy. And I, I yeah. think I'll always strive to it. Although like, I'll always also eat pancakes, you know, it's like a very big toss up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll never say no, like I can't buy sweets or something in bulk because it will be finished. 
I feel so judged. I can't buy my book and I eat them all. <laughs> the struggles, the struggles. But um, yeah, so I'd say that probably played more on on mm. me. And and I haven't been doing night shifts for like eight months now. And then like my life changed around. I didn't even realize it. And um, with this lockdown and everything, I might be losing yeah. actually my the position I have now. And I and in the next couple of months might have to go back to kind of that old way of things, going to everything, being. And I'm just like, Lord, it, it is what it is. I have to be grateful for a job. And I'm just like. I'm getting anxious about it, but a part of me is also like, like I can do it. Like mm, this is yeah. what I got myself into, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm also planning still on immigrating to UK. Yeah. You mentioned so, that. So yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's still yeah. happening. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that's pretty much in terms of coping mechanisms. I mean, I, I don't have any, any rituals. I mean, I try get, I try, I'm very protective of my sleep. Um, I've tried, I really want to get into meditating. I've never done it. And I've, I've probably done it once or twice. I think it has a bit of bad stigma attached to it because of, of like a few of the kind of like me, uh, meditation kind of things I did to try not be gay. Um, and right, to try to get okay. rid of my like, like visualizing and all those things. I think it has a bad, like, you know, connection. Yeah. But I, I know it's also deeply researched and yeah, I can only like see it be beneficial. And so that's something I want to get into regardless of, of coping mechanisms. Yeah. Oh, do you meditate at all? I try to meditate. I, I'm, I'm so bad at integrating um, daily rituals in my life. Like I am really bad at doing anything, but exactly what I'm doing right now. Like, <laughs> honestly, like I'll, I'll be chatting to my wife and I'll be like, I'm, desperate for a pee i'm just gonna go pee and then i'll like get distracted i'll be like, oh a bee you know like and then like i'll be in my office and the bee lands on my desk and then i'm like oh oh yeah that, oh a new email and and then i'm just <laughs> no. i'm in and i just <laughs> follow this and so the, the the thought of like um and the thing is i really like rigid structure as well i like so i'm this weird kind of person yeah, where i want a rigid I structure i get really that. upset if my structure gets messed yeah. with by anyone else by me it's fine um yeah but um but yeah, I mean, I can be lost for like three hours and then my, my wife will come upstairs and be like, Phil, how's it going? And I'm like, oh my God, I need to pee so bad. And then I'm like, oh wait, yeah, I needed to pee three hours ago and I came upstairs and I just totally <laughs> forgot because I got distracted. And But like, I'm like, I, I have some razor. So in a sense, I'm like, I've, I've got the Zen razor focus of the meditation uh, without the meditation, but I have none of the actual benefits of meditation from this yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, just the complete ability to like zone out of anything I need to do in my life. Um, so I really struggle with like, you know, oh, every morning I'll get up and meditate every morning. I'll then go exercise or do I'm really bad at it. I, I get better if I, if it's, you know, developed a bit as a practice and I can get a bit into yeah. it. Um, so I've, I've had seasons where I meditated and then I have seasons where I kind of fall out of the practice and I really want to get back into it, but I've definitely been in the last six months, just not good at meditating. Um, you know, my, I was talking to Tilly the other day and I was like, man, we should like, maybe like when we get up, like meditate together or something or you know but yeah. the problem is like we just have different we just have different uh days like i i get up about 10 30 11 because i'm up till three or four in the morning recording podcasts i'll be up to 3 30 in the morning today to record a podcast there's no way i'm getting yeah. up at eight with her yeah right i'm like nope sorry <laughs> i want more than yeah. five and a half hours sleep um, yeah and so like but i kind of need that like i need that to use a very christian term accountability right i need that kind yeah, of yeah. someone's going come on buddy we're going to do this together 
Um, so yeah, but I mean, it's it's huge. I, it always fascinates me when you look at um, even studies on prayer. It's fascinating, like studies on meditation, studies on prayer. These kind of um, studies on like quiet times with God, and and whatever you think about the actual content, there's something about being intentional, about going inside yourself, spending time reflecting, having introversion, and and just like you know, spending some quality time, being present, like. It's really positive, like the yeah, and, and I think impact so has. necessary. And I think, yeah. I think also to get to places that like, so I know I have like, I know I have, I don't want to be angry to my past or like, but I've been like, I have been hurt. Like I said, I don't want it to, this to be about that. But like, what people have said to me when I did eventually, I hate that term as well. I come out, but when I eventually did tell someone, when I met a decent, really nice guy, you know. And um, was really hurt, and am still mm. kind of hurt by that constant noise coming from the the non deconstructing people, or who don't want to hear it. But like, I'm very aware that I don't want to be angry, and I also don't want to. If I'm if I treat them as they treat me, you know, it's that whole thing of like, I don't want to be angry. I have so much unforgiveness that. I've dealt with and I've mentally, I've done everything that I can to try to forgive them, but that pain and that hurt is still there. And unfortunately, I, it very brings me, it brings me so quickly back to like, I haven't forgiven, you know? Yeah. So I feel like meditation would like help in that aspect of like really trying to, because I, because I understand, you know, learning more about like what you've done, spiral dynamics and all of these different things. Like I very much know that like even with my like I know my parents did the best they could and you know felt love and I mean God forbid those people that did didn't felt love you know that were mm-hmm. literally physically abused by their parents you know and someone mentioned the other day like wanting to know about love or something I think it might have been on our group our, our partners group and someone said like well it's it's the love of for unconditional love to look at the love of a mother and i'm like mm. yes maybe in a lot of circumstances but what about the mother that, that bracket you know you like have a mom maybe or you know it's just it's yeah kind of yeah i mean there's so there's always so many i mean things to speak about but anyway i my goal in this deconstruction process is to be very connected to the fact that i actively do not want to become almost like what they are to me back at them just because I've now, you know, Mm, Um, and to, I would love, I long for the day where I would not be triggered by things and I'd be able to speak to those people that hurt me, you know, and to do it in an open space of just like (laughs) not being triggered because I'm so actively now wanting to protect and love people that feel stood on by a mass yeah. church group or whatever that like it is a bit of an aggressive stance you know like um and yeah it's it's a it's a tough it's a tough game out there to to love everyone and it's like well oh, what about the religious people that are doing all the hurts <laughs> it's really hard isn't it it's one of the one of the questions i struggled with for years was and i still do to a degree is when you shift from being in an exclusive group, which the world is made up of different exclusive groups, right? It's, it's you know, our family is an exclusive group. You're not part yeah. of our family. This is our family, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Or, yeah. or this is my immediate family, the external family. You're part of our family, but you're not part of our immediate family. Versus like, you know, like this is our church or this is our mosque or this is our city or this is our country. You know, we, everything's made up of these kind of in and out groups. Um, but when you shift from an ideology of like, I don't really want to identify with that 
more so than like is just general taxonomy right okay so i am a human or i am white i guess yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, there's, yeah there's things that you can label me as sure um i am you know a drysdale or whatever um, but i don't that's not my ideology my ideology is we're all together in this together we are all one um how how do i now include the person uh, that isn't just going no you can label me white but actually is going oh white people kill all the other people you know i'm like oh how do i include you because I can yeah. include everyone else that's also, maybe like I can include a Muslim that's going, yeah, let's be really inclusive. And I'm like, oh, cool, like a Muslim version of, of yeah. what I'm about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or like, you know, an atheist is like, yeah, no, of course, we're all together. We're all in this together. I'm like, awesome. You yeah, guys, like yeah. That. But then you, you do hit, like, you know, it's like, oh, ISIS. Oh, how, how do I include ISIS? How do I include the Westboro Baptist Church? How do I include, yeah. or like, those are extreme examples, but maybe like less extreme how do I include the church I just left? You know, like whatever it is, you know, if it's, if it's maybe a much more conservative um, uh, with uh, conventional values where they are very anti-homosexuality or they're anti, you know, people that believe a certain different opinion, maybe even just anyone of a different denomination, not even a different religion or, you know, like, yeah. um, like that person is a very exclusive ideology. How do I include you? How do I keep you in without just, being you to you like yeah. that's such a hard dynamic like how, how have you gone about navigating that when you're thinking about you know the people that have maybe uh, responded to you less than positively maybe people from your churches people that are just friends that are attracted to you on facebook yeah. for long enough that they see your messages and then go oh i don't like that and you know bash yeah. out a horrible message or whatever like how have you tried to navigate that? Like, cause obviously I'm sure you haven't done perfectly all the time. I, none of us have, but yeah. I'm sure you've had moments you can think, oh, actually I kind of nailed it there. Um, like yeah. what have been some of the keys for you doing that for when you have like crushed it, you know? Um, um, so I think that I, I think what I've done is I know that you kind of like, ugh, I don't know if this answers the question, but like how, I, how I've done it is I've, Put, I, I put real life scenarios that they are going through that they maybe struggle with or a daily struggle, you know, and I kind of, I, I've done this thing of without, without maliciously doing it, but I found a good way to put a mirror up to people because I feel like I always am putting a mirror up to myself. Like, so it's not like I feel like it's a mirror that only I give to people, you know, I constantly have a mirror now on myself. I'm constantly reevaluating how, what mm. trying my best you say we, we human you know how i'm interacting with people and like am i being loving and am i you know am i walking the walk you know not just thinking it you know and I, I think one thing i've done is to be able to put real life scenarios like put the mirror back on them and be like whoa, whoa, whoa hang on like hey you might not agree with like you might feel justified in how you're treating me about sexuality but like what about that like it's very similar and, and, you know, like maybe how they speak to their parents or mm. how they operate. And then they're saying that they want thing. And so as much as I can't speak to them about the sexuality, how they're treating me on that, because that's justified, I can kind of show a mirror on another aspect of the way they, they, they're they treating others and be like, well, is that Christian or is that, you know? And I, I feel like kind of deflecting it in those ways has helped me be able to bring up the issue of, hurting others and mm. to make them think about that. And then maybe it might get through to the whole other areas that are less spoken about. Um, but I think, um, I don't know if that really answers a, a, the question, but like I, like I said in our, our group thing, 
I've actually, to be honest, with people that are closer to me that have like stronger feelings about it for now, a, a safer route for me is to just like not ignore it in the sense of like I'm ashamed of it. Ignore it in the sense of like it's like it's okay. It's okay yeah. that you feel like that. Um, and my main thing is, is like I'm, and I think that's what like kind of irritates people and freaks them out. It's like I didn't change, you know. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's like people are a bit more feminine and stuff. Like, so I don't like to do the whole thing of like I didn't come out like with all the voice and stuff, you know, because mm. I feel like some people are genuinely that, you know. So I'm, I'm like very careful yeah. with how I, how I am, and like because a lot of people go like uh, some people are happy or okay that I'm gay as long as I'm not that type of gay, you know. Mm. And I'm just like, well that's not nice either you know yeah. i'm like hang on like i know two people like that i was just speaking to them earlier and they are gold they're pure yeah. gold-hearted people you know but anyway um in terms of who i am like i think it was beneficial that i didn't had i been hiding that side of me and wanted to like i would hopefully have been like but i think a lot of people in my circle have kind of been freaked out about it or encouraged that i haven't changed i'm still david nothing's changed about me and i think that's my goal is to just be mm. like consistent you know like a parent should be with their children you know yeah is i'm just i'm not gonna let people break me down i'm not yeah. gonna let people like you know i'm just i just refuse to let it i'm just gonna stay david i'm gonna stay bubbly i mean i i, I stay also realistic like i'm very much bubbly but people will know what i'm Curling with and you know um unfortunately sometimes my character and my personality is naturally to just go optimistic when sometimes <laughs> i really don't want to be like there'll be times where like i'm in a in a circle of people and i i'm so aware of who is like it's personality trait you know i'm empathetic or whatever you want to call it just aware i know who's who's the person that's feeling left out i know mm. the person who doesn't want to speak i know the one person who's tired of speaking and is awkward of trying to keep you know and I kind of know how to fix it. And it's maybe to just be bubbly or just, you know, take someone out of the group or whatever. And I'm like, sometimes I don't want to be, I just don't want to do it. You know? <laughs> um, but, oh. but yeah, my go-tos, I'm basically just, I'm just not changing on. And yeah. I'm, I'm loving them. I'm still like, if people are against me, but they're people that I would have seen every year, like if that is the event that I would have gone to as David before, I'm going to that event. Like if you don't yeah. want, if you're going to have to shut me out the door, if you don't want me yeah. to be there, you know, and it might cause me a little bit of hurt to go through that door and be a part of that as knowing I'm not really accepted, but unless you lock me out, I'm not going to let you win. Like I'm not mm. going to let you win and be like, oh, we knew, we knew this would shut him off or, you know, we knew he would change or um so i'd say that that is it and then on the flip side in terms of like homophobia and racism like which is also a big part in my life like um it's a lot of racism still um yeah is if it's extreme if it's to the extreme point where right now i I just block it like i'll i'll literally like i block people if they're sharing stuff Mm. that is not even remotely um relevant and just pure dark like darkness you know i don't want to say evil because i mean it's you know but just darkness like i i just i completely shut it out i just don't i just don't give it the mm. time of day because um yeah I'm, I'm not like you who would be i don't know how you do it i honestly don't know how you do it i don't um, know how i do it either uh so yeah <laughs> honestly, I, you're, you're I hover over the block button a lot um but yeah, I, I think I still am down to, I'm under 10 people I've ever blocked on Facebook or uh, Instagram. So, but I think there is a, there is a time when you just go, dude, 
I, I want to try and draw people in, but like, there's a point where you exclude yourself from the includers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and there is that thing of like, this is an inclusive place. You are welcome here, but you're going to be so welcome that you might feel uncomfortable enough to leave. Yeah. And that's okay. If you're not ready for this, it's okay. If you want to exclude yourself um, for time yeah. being until you're ready or whatever that looks like. And I like to try and work by that principle, but there are people that just, they just don't, get it and they will just stay and trying to ruin every single person's yeah. time not be respective uh, you know, respectful yeah. you know not honor people yeah. in their own journeys in their own space and yeah yeah i think that's where the block button for me is like ah uh, hey i'm just messaging you to say i really don't want to block you i never block anyone but i'm about to block you so just so yeah. you know you have an opportunity here to not let that happen this is kind of what yeah. we're requiring just not much really just try yeah. and be positive try and speak yeah. encouragingly if you question people do it respectfully like i'll let people question anything yeah um to a fault and i i know it's probably to a fault but i i'm a firm believer one of the things i i want to have megan phelps on the podcast so much you know who she is she's the daughter of uh, fred phelps from the westford baptist church no um, oh, i assume and so, and, uh, yes 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 yes, yeah. yes, yes. So I, I shared a TED talk of hers a while back and you know, yes. I mean, she's just amazing, but like she, I almost said she got saved. Uh, she, she got like um, pulled out of that extraordinarily cult like situation. You know, I mean, the, the entire church, 80% of that church is one family. You know, you're born, you're brought up in it. It's like yeah. doctrinally black, uh, uh, brainwashed, sorry, uh, black, I was gonna say blackmail, but that's the wrong word, uh, brainwashed into this certain thing. And the only reason she kind of got pulled out of that is because she was arguing with people on Twitter. So when Twitter became big, they were like, oh, cool, we can do our like online protests online or we can do our protests online. We don't even have to go to like people's funerals and things like that. So she just like, is like, all right, who's the most influential uh, Jewish person or gay person? And then she would just like yell at them, tell them they're wrong, quote Bible verses at them and everything. Um, and there was a big argument and it still is a big argument in the world of like social media of like, should these people have a platform? Like, should Megan Phelps get banned from Twitter? Just not just like, should people be able to block her? I think, yes, people should be able to block her. If someone's doing that to you, you should be able to hit block and say, Fuck yeah, off. right. But should she be banned from having a capacity to communicate with people? Um, and the argument that I would say is if she wasn't able to do that, she wouldn't have the conversations because so many people would fight with her and that just feeds that, right? That just gets them excited yeah. and they feel that, oh, I'm being persecuted. I'm clearly yeah. doing something for God. But actually yeah. what happens is some people reach out and go, hey, why, why do you think the Bible verse means that? Like in my community, this is how we read that Bible verse. If you look at it in context, I don't think that's very much like love. Like how is that loving? Um, or, you know, or whatever. Um, and so, um, you know, she was starting to go, oh, uh well it's because of this you know and then eventually she would be bouncing back and forth at some point she would just go i don't have an answer anymore crap and she'd just like yeah uh, log off the computer and sit with it for like a day and think about it she maybe if she was feeling brave she'd like talk to someone in her family and go like what do you think about this and they'd be like oh what's this and she's like that's a shitty answer she wouldn't say that but she went that doesn't make any sense is that our best yeah answer? yeah yeah. and, yeah, and it was just sorry, got in her head you know it slowly got in her head and she came out of it and now she's this amazing woman that's doing this amazing work in helping people um equipping people and how to have those kinds of conversations to draw people out of really um brainwashed cultic kind of situations and so the point is 
if I blocked every person from having a healthy conversation with people that are trying to be inclusive and loving, they might never change. Like maybe that's what brings the change yeah. is them being able to say something really horrible. But how do you, how do you do that when they're being especially homophobic or especially racist or because the last thing you want to do is um, give racism a platform or, a, or say being racist is okay. I have zero desire to do those things as much as I am myself racist and working on my racist uh, stuff that I am unaware of or, or systemically a part yeah. of that I'm figuring out yeah, yeah, yeah. Like outside of that I like you know anything I'm aware of I'm like well dude I don't want that on my platform but if someone comes on and starts sharing something racist I want to be able to have a conversation with them rather than just block them it's it's really hard and it's, it's a sucky path right you talk to parents and it's like they talk about you know like choosing to like invest in their kids instead of just sitting in front of tv for hours on end you know act keep them active and go and play with them and go outside and they're like this sucks like i've talked to parents that are like this sucks i wish i could sit in front of a tv and i could do my own thing and it'd be so much yeah. better yeah. but but the parent also goes but i kind of know that's not the best option long term right if i want to have the most healthy human being come out of this childhood investing in them sitting and doing the homework with them playing with them running around yeah. the house in the garden yeah. like the grind the hard work the grind produces more results in a sense and i do think just blocking the excluders blocking like consistently so true so, it's so hard isn't it you. that's honestly uh, that's why i take matter to you yeah. and, also and i think it's different and it's personal like i'm so i'm not saying you shouldn't block someone that's just being a horrible hateful person oh yeah no you. no i know you're not saying that Dude, yeah. you have no right to have that conversation with me bugger off you know like no pun intended there sorry <laughs> bad word yeah. um, but you know just get it it's my britishness coming through um but like just go away no 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 but when it's on a platform where ideas are explored and things like that like i'm like oh it's, it's a it's a problematic thing i think it's a it's a big debate that i understand yeah. both sides of it but i think as someone like megan phelps regularly when the debate comes up and i'm like oh so, i wouldn't want to not have her yeah. in this world i wouldn't want to her book is amazing i wouldn't want to have not been able to have read her book and be impacted yeah and informed by that but i wouldn't have been if she'd been blocked if she if she'd been banned from like being yeah. able to be online um so it's just a, it's really challenging that how do you engage the people that are exclusive you know i think it's i think it's if you can take the emotion out of it and i don't think like i can't i'm not there yet i'm not i think i'm glad that i'm aware that i'm not there yet which is why i like i used to i'm also like i'm quite good with my words like i'm quite quick and like you know i've always had sure. like my dad like you have an answer for everything you know would give me a hiding um <laughs> but you know, speaking my way out of things, but like, I know I can be, I can get into a character or be malicious or quick with my words, you know, and I think I, I, I wouldn't be, I can't fully take emotion out of if I were to get yeah. involved in a Facebook debate and I see people do it and I honestly, I, it blows my mind and I'm so happy that people can do that. Yeah. And first of all, I don't think it's really where I want to put my energy, but you're so right. I think if you can take your energy out of your, your emotion out of it, I think it is important to have yeah. these discussions. You know, we have so many friends on our face. Well, I, from when I was in theater, I said yes to lots of friend requests. I don't even know. I think I have a thousand and something. I know probably like 10 of them, you know, but someone popped up. Like I'm very actively when I'm scrolling through, like if I see something I don't agree with, like I either unfollow them or if, like I, I delete them or friends, like especially if I don't know them, you know, obviously. Mm. And a guy posted the old South African flag just the other day 
which is deeply rooted to apartheid. I mean, right. you can say what you like, you can say it was good, there was good in it, or whatever you want to say. It is affiliated to apartheid. You know, we got a new rainbow flag, and I'm very, I'm passionate about that sort of stuff because, like, anywhere where there could be a gray area of like, oh, is this like, is this maybe, you know? And he posted it saying uh, it's not illegal actually to actively oh, wow. show that flag. Um, they made it illegal lot end of last year, which right. I I like, you know, because people yeah, are yeah. just having it outside their home still, and it's like you're not you're not staying to the past. You're trying to reject a future, you know. Right. It's not like you you're not being traditional. You're making a stand saying we don't want a new, you know. Mm. And he shared it saying, um, uh, no one. It was something he shared this the picture, and he's like. Uh, yeah, well, no one, no one else will share this now. But basically, what he was trying to say is like how our government is dealing with this COVID and where our country's going is, and he's trying to say like, well, the old days were better. And I, I started the amount of times I type. Full, I type this long thing. It wasn't very emotional, but I'm just like, what are you? Eventually, I just, I just, I just deleted them because I, I couldn't even go there. But you are so right, you know. <laughs> would it have been my conversation if I could have taken my emotion out of it? Would it have been that conversation that made him view it differently, you know? But I just knew he, the way he worded what, what he shared, I was just like, because whether no matter what good could have been in our old yeah. regime, people were being treated like slaves. Yeah. They were being... And it maybe was better for some people. For some. Would you, you pick know, to I'm be... Not... If it, I always think of this scenario, like when it's like, oh, I wish it was like the good old days. I'm like, okay, let's take good old days, right? Let's take that time yeah. period. And now what we're going to do is we're going to put like a big wheel on the floor and we're going to spin this spinner and whichever human being that was alive at that time it lands on, you have to be that person. Do you still want to play? No. <laughs> Right, you only yeah. want to play if you're still a straight white male that was wealthy yeah. in a Western yeah. country. You know, what I mean, it's like we don't want to play. We don't want to yeah. play in case I'm suddenly, oh, I'm a slave. Oh, oh, I'm a whatever. I, I, I don't know. I, I have to confess, I'm very ignorant of um, my South African history. I know a bit about apartheid, obviously. That's oh, kind of. I mean, unfortunately, that's what most people know about South Africa's uh, yeah. majority of of that. Um, but I, I didn't even know there was a big thing about the flag. I'm assuming it's kind of similar to kind of the Confederate flag debate that happens in America of like, you know, they have yes. the Confederate flag and people go, oh, well, no, it's not. It doesn't represent racism. It represents, you know, yeah. the freedom of the states and this yeah, and, and the culture but and you can't tradition. disconnect it from the very racist ideologies as well. Um, and so, I, yeah, so I, I was unaware of that. And just, and the thought of people like that, I'm very protective of my Facebook. I don't, I don't use it at all, really. So um, that's a good way to stop that happening. But what I've started to do is um, they've got um, options to report stuff as well. And so I don't just delete something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll report. report it. Report hate speech. Report inappropriate, yeah. you know, whatever. Report yeah. misleading facts. I'm like, no, I'm, yeah. I'm going to report that I and then delete that it. Now. <laughs> I also do that now. Completely. Um, yeah. But it's, it is, it's fascinating. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy world we live in because... I'm fully, I'm fully aware and fully believe that the world is better than it's ever been um, across the board on the whole, generally broad stroking the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and, and yet we've got a crap ton still yeah. to go. Um, yeah. And yet there's something about the internet which just reveals the cancer yeah. within humanity because yeah. everyone suddenly gets to speak and, um, and I'm not saying everyone shouldn't be able to speak, but it just reveals all these people that maybe wouldn't speak otherwise. 
Yeah, you know, if, yeah. if they were having to say these, if you had to get up in like the village hall and yell, I'm a racist, I don't like people from that town, you know, or whatever, it would be awkward as hell for you, right? Because you know that yeah. the majority of people are, but to post, you know, a South African flag that's like, you know, linked to it and it's just being like, I wish to good old days. You yeah. know that on the whole, nobody's, and if someone picks a no. fight with you, you can maybe have a bit no, of an anonymous fight. Likes. Who cares? Yeah, like, you're going to get a few likes and a one or two comments maybe. And then people that are against it will probably keep quiet because, you know, they're not yeah. going to be those people. Um, but then on the flip side of the bringing out, of the, it's also been, the internet has been actually so good to be like, like one thing that I'm so vehemently against at the moment is like fake, fake news. It's all oh over God. now, you know, and there's no excuse anymore to just share something and cause two seconds. You can Google it. it. On, <laughs> I've moved into the suburb now where they have a social group on the suburb, you know, and this lady shared something about onions being, you know, they absorb bacteria and they absorb the virus and we must put them everywhere, whatever. And like, you just take a bit of research, like, yes, there's medicinal effects. And yes, they, they might do this and this, but to share it to people that don't maybe that are going to take it and where 80% of it isn't true and 20% of it is. And mm. I just said, well, listen, <laughs> this is the first time I've got involved and I was very emotionless. And I said, well, listen, like research doesn't really talk about that with onions. Like that's a bit of that one's a bit of like an old wives' tale, like whatever, whatever. And I got this snotty response saying, Well, I've experienced it for myself and my my flu went. So you don't need science for that. And I'm like, oh, that's not what I was saying. Like <laughs> I, I, I that's not at all what I was saying. And I just didn't get involved. I just didn't. I think yeah. that the whole like Oh, sorry. That's, you know, sorry for the misunderstanding. You know, I was trying to say like, you can't share these. Like, and it was in black, like don't touch an mm. onion after an hour. It's full of diseases. And, you know, my thing was like, you can't do that nowadays. It's people you know? like throwing their fridge away because they're terrified because yeah. there's an old onion in there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that was on a social level, but like, that's something that like, I'm so grateful for. It's like, there's no yeah. more excuses. There's no, no excuse. There, there, there is know. the amount of things I get said a lot. Of, uh, I, there's something weird about like people following you that they then feel that they should tell you like all these like life important. I don't know. Like it's just weird. But like I get said this stuff all the time. And like they, it's when I had coronavirus, you know, so when I was really ill, um, I, I've never received so much uh, medical um, help from people that have no medical background. Um, it's, it's astonishing, you know, it's, 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 it's bizarre. It's like going to the supermarket yeah. and everyone wanting to like, you know, listen to your chest with a stethoscope. Like, I'm like, really? Maybe one of you is a doctor, but it feels unlikely that all of you are. Um, and so everyone was suddenly like, oh, if you just eat silver. And I'm like, well, first of all, dude, I can't even afford to buy silver. Like, I'm eat it. Like, are you kidding me? Like, or, or like someone's like, oh, you know, take this, like, you know, anti-malarial pill oh why don't you take this antibiotic why don't you take drink some bleach and i'm like dude i have people online that are messaging me telling me to drink bleach and they aren't actually going maybe huh, as an accountant maybe i shouldn't tell a stranger on the internet to drink bleach yeah. to get better from a sickness like that's not crossed their mind never mind what's not crossed their mind is to go copy paste and instead of pasting yeah. it into my email paste it into google and hit return yeah. like that's all that's required today it's, it's yeah. fascinating that we live in this time where disinformation and like all this kind of like spreading of this false information can like 
happen like crazy and you've got botnets that are doing it and everything it's wild but there's no real excuse for it as like if people were doing this 40 years ago 50 years ago you'd be screwed if all the media decided to share false information that would be it you you'd all be dead yeah. right you'd all drank bleach That's and died right yeah but like now we can just quickly go oh, let me double check i think it's yeah. something multiple about, sources i'm just yeah. oh you're fine i did wonder you were getting very dark um <laughs> I, I, I think there's something about, um, you know, maybe it's to do with being someone that deconstructs, you, uh, you probably have developed a skill in asking questions and seeking out answers to questions um, that some people just don't seem to naturally uh, default to, you know? Uh, there's a funny meme like out there. I can't remember where I saw it posted or who's originated it, but um, it's the whole thing of like some of you have never had to write an academic paper and cite your sources, and it shows. And I'm like, that's really funny, <laughs> right? Because like, joking aside, you will find that generally speaking, people that have gone through a university level and had to write academic level papers, like it may be post grad level, and they've got like hundreds of sources and they've looked at the data and they've looked at it yeah. contextually, and they have to like when they then yeah. present, they've got to present it to a board who are then going yeah. to question them on yeah. when you cited that source why did you cite it like yeah. a person has gone through that process when you send them Changes. a link saying oh drink bleach or whatever um they're going to go uh okay i'm click down to the link oh why yeah. is it saying that all right let me read that source oh let me read their source oh, no that's not true but a whole bunch of people don't have that kind of discipline um and it does make me wonder if there's like almost this desperate need in our society for us to be teaching people at a foundational level like at like base level schooling check your sources this is how you check yeah. sources this is how you check credibility and taxes um, oh god yeah <laughs> taxes as well yeah savings interest how yeah. interest works <laughs> oh my words please but you are also um sorry just on that point quickly i think that's something that like has given given the the deconstructing people a little bit of an upper hand well at least i feel that way in like people that have like these Christians that have told me like, this is the literal text and like this and mm. they're hammering on about it, but then we'll share a post about <laughs> this fake thing about a, you know, about honey. Whatever that you, it is. Yeah. Like completely not like completely false. And like now it's just like such a joy to share with them the truth about this and be like, and then I want to, I want to put afterwards, but it's kind of a subtle, you know, hint after at some point it'll come up. And I want to be like, you want me to believe everything you've told me is true, but you believe honey is a, you know, whatever. And, and for, you know, I feel like that's given the deconstructees a little bit of an upper hand of like, you know, you know, you have to, it has to come into play. You know, mm. you're wanting people to believe what you're saying, but there you are you're so quick to spread. Like what is to say what you've held and said before is reputable you know yeah. um and you lose trust like and i do now if i see you get a trend of people sharing fake news and i then ultimately almost lose a, like a bit of respect you know that i'm just like this yeah. isn't it's, it's not, really it's, it's not really acceptable hard anymore. yeah it's not yeah. acceptable anymore guys you know yeah. 
Uh, and I, I get it as well. Some people who are older, they're maybe less, um, they, they, they do tend to accept, oh, well, I've always watched this one news program and it's always worked for me in the past. And, and I'm just assuming what they're telling me today is the same thing or whatever. I don't know. Or, or I always, all, every, all the news that comes up in my Facebook feed is always right. Like, I, of course, it's got to be true. Or, and I get like some people just aren't at that place where they would explore and, and question that. Um, and what you can do about that, I don't know. Like, you know, I mean, you can't question someone out of, you know, we notice people are deconstructed. You can't then go and turn to your uh, conservative, conventional Christian pastor and go, look, dad, um, <laughs> no, but look, this is what this text about homosexuality is really about. Like, they're going to be like, get out of here. You know, they don't even yeah. care. Like, they're not, they're, not, yeah. they're not even open to having that conversation. Um, there's an interesting correlation. We should probably wrap up soon. I'm just realizing the yeah. time. Um, there's an interesting correlation. I had Kevin Miller on a while back. Um, he like did the documentary Hellband and he did another documentary, uh, JES USA. JES, um, yes. Really, really great stuff. And he's been posting a lot about um, something he's observed as he was saying in his, and this is anecdotal for him, but in his mix of very eclectic and diverse mix of friends, he was saying, there's a lot of conspiracy theories. Well, I think it was just while everyone's like locked at home and just sitting around, not being able to do anything. Um, yeah. And so like, they're like, I don't know, they'll just get online and find out something crazy. And we all want to, we all want to find out something that no one else knows, right? That's the most exciting yeah. thing to learn. So we're all, we're all inclined. It's why revelation and the end times and locusts with lion spaces. That's why it's so exciting. I know something you don't, right? Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's an element in the human, uh, makeup that we want to discover something we want to be able to help people by telling them the secret information that no one else knows and um this excitement of uncovering things or whatever so we all we gravitate to these things um and uh he was saying what's fascinating though and and this is the thing we say this like conspiracy theories there's real conspiracies the difference is not is this a conspiracy or not the difference is have we used methodical um fact-based research to uncover this conspiracy or have we just uncovered a conspiracy like that's the two differences so when we're when i'm throwing around the word conspiracy theory i'm talking about things that we haven't uncovered through fact driven yeah. research yeah, 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 it's stuff yeah. that we've gone oh this blogger uncovered that and they spoke to their friend bob whose wife julie uh, knows a doctor and he yeah. said, you know, like uh, whatever, you know, and suddenly it's like, uh, and he said that the keys on your keyboard give you finger cancer and it's clearly a conspiracy by the government, you know, and like, it's just like, okay, hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on. But what's fascinating, and this is what Kevin was kind of revealing, and, and it's me and my wife talk about this a lot because we've got a lot of evangelical, conservative, conventional Christians that we follow and are friends with. It's that group of people that seem to be spreading this stuff. I don't, yeah. I don't have any friends that are non-Christian that are spreading any of this. And I'm like, what is it about the makeup of someone that's within conventional Christianity that wants to spread like, or wants to find these things or wants to reveal these things? Is it that they're anti the world, the world is evil and, you know, or is it that they... Uh, yeah, trying to like egg on the end times. Things. It, are they just excited about the end times? Maybe it's like, you know, it's yeah. part of the one world government, the finger cancer people. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, like, but it's, it's really fascinating, that dynamic. And I, I don't know how true it is. It's my anecdotal experience. Um, but uh, I'd love to see a study on that, like to see which groups are more open to, uh, to conspiracies. Um, 
they're really fascinating. And those, and like I said, real conspiracies, right? I mean, yes, the British government overthrew the uh, democracy in Iran to install a dictator with yeah. America. Yeah, they did that. Yeah, we, we know there's facts that we can trail yeah. facts and go there. Yeah. And the, and the governments also today go, yeah, we did that, but it was a long time ago. So it wasn't really me. It was the last yeah, guy and he's dead. So yeah. Like, um, but uh, yeah, it's just like, oh man, what, what is it about our faith, our religion, our Christianity, our evangelicalism that makes us go, nah, we're not going to follow the facts. We're going to follow sensationalized information. That's what really excites us. Uh, and then that becomes the fact almost. And that is the like, fact. And it, if you have a fact, otherwise it proves, like yeah. for you to factually be able to say something different, it only proves my point somehow. Yeah. Uh, and so like i can't even discredit so, it's so fascinating anyway dudes dave it was amazing having you on um if people want to uh, connect with you is that something that you want to do yeah. do you want to grow your facebook friends yeah. well yeah <laughs> no i'd like to, to connect with you <laughs> yeah no not don't don't grow with me just to add another friend but no i'm more <laughs> than willing to yeah connect with new people and um well i'm on facebook uh I haven't reached the the five thousand yet. But oh yeah, there you go. You've got plenty of space. Yeah, plenty of space. Uh, David okay. Benchlachter, and then uh, my my handle on Instagram, which is quite funny. That's also private, so people would have to ask to be friends with okay. me. Um, is at dbs nightel underscore nightel. Well, you'll see it. I mean, you. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put links in the. Uh, um in the show notes yeah. so people can reach and out And then if they're more of a pizza of a pasta person, my number. <laughs> <laughs> and if they're single. <laughs> yeah. So if they're single, there's another route. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's but that's it. Um, thank you so much. It's really, oh, it's really, it's really a privilege. Yeah. I love you lots. Yeah. And just all the work you do. So many people appreciate you. And I hope people tell you that because they do. Really they do. I'm, I'm very blessed. So yeah. Good. Oh, absolutely. See it was great soon. to chat, man. I'll see you yeah, soon. Yeah. Thanks, All right. Cool. Love you, man. Bye. Bye. Love you too. Bye. All right. So that was David Schlachter. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, you can connect with him if you want over on Facebook. It's um, david.schlachter.31 or uh, on Instagram. It's dbs underscore night owl. Um, I know he'd love to hear from you if you enjoyed that. Um, please do message him and let him know how you enjoyed it and what you got out of it. Um, that's all for today. Um, We'll see you again in the next episode. I can't remember who we've got next. I think it's Thomas Ord. Uh, God Can't is his book that he wrote all about how God cannot do certain things and does not know certain things potentially. And so it's a very um, fascinating uh, philosophical, theological position and a, a really interesting one to unpack. And I think actually might help a lot of people that really want to stay within the framework of Christianity but are exploring different things like um how come there's suffering in the world how can evil exist if god's good and, and things like that and so that'll be really fun um so i'll see you for that for sure um as always you can check out the grace course there's lots of great teaching on there. there's lots of great stuff over there um you can also support what i'm doing via the grace course that always makes a huge difference helps me keep all this stuff uh coming out and 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 for it to be free as well and the deconstruction network as well please do check that out if you're deconstructing if you feel lonely in that process the deconstruction network is a great way to find other people in your area and connect with them um, who are going through a similar process and we're also doing a lot of research through the deconstruction network that i'd love for you to be involved in um, but yeah, anyway, I'll see you in the next episode where we, uh, we talk to Thomas Ord. 
All right. Love you guys.